on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt Nick will spend a few more breaths hyping Andor in its second season before its premiere. Then they'll talk about the Disney Plus Star Wars series roadmap through 2024. They'll also break down two more rumored castings for the Acolyte series before moving on to the seemingly broken Star Wars film universe, which saw another movie get dropped from Disney's schedule. If you're lucky, maybe they'll even get to a round of the Matt Mando game. But of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Bunch of chewy. Everybody, wake up! It's Andor Week! Unless you're super scoundrel and SW props, those lucky sons of bitches out there at the official Andor event in LA last week. Man, talk about an experience for a lifelong Star Wars fans. Kudos to both of those dudes. Looking fresh, taking the the maximum uber ride to the event nick i think it i think it was at chinese man's theater they walked the red carpet they had their suits they had their swag it must be nice to work at cameo so yeah hey now welcome everybody we are here for the star wars time show and yes we have some star wars stuff to talk about but not as much as last week because uh you know d23 kind of gave us a load to shoot into your faces uh, but that doesn't happen every weekend, so we're back to kind of fumbling, bumbling, and figuring out something to talk about before the debut of Andor's three-episode premiere, which is going down tomorrow. If you're on the live, if you're listening to the recording, it's already out. So, yeah, exciting stuff in the world of Star Wars fans. It looks like the review embargo for Andor popped, I'd say, around 11 or, or noon today, Eastern Time. I've, I've been, I haven't read any, right, Nick? You know the rule here. We don't read reviews because we like to form our own opinions without anyone kind of setting the stage. But I am not opposed to reading titles like most humans do when with anything these days, right? We only read titles, fuck the substance. It's all about that clickbait. But from what I can gather... And this is also coming from our field reporters, SW Prop and Scoundrels. It's, it's pretty much what Tony is telling us. But if you've been following along, he's been telling us this is, it's not really a show for Star Wars fans, okay? It's very un-Star Wars. It's a spy thriller. It's gritty. Uh, I, I think Justin said the, the world feels lived in. It's a slow roll, these first three episodes. This is the type of stuff I'm hearing. Slow burning, but interesting. Gritty, but it takes a while for things to develop. Are these things that Star Wars fans can handle, Nick? I don't know. What say yeah. you? I mean, are, 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 are certain, are, is the, I guess we'll call them the, the, uh, the special faction of Star Wars fans what what do you think their reaction is going to be come midday tomorrow or or Wednesday if evening? If they watch all three episodes and it's slow, they're going to fucking hate it. Yeah, like heads are because steam coming out of ears and because it's like 
it's 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 a situation where especially in a situation where you drop three episodes in a row and it's like three it's you know close to three hours of content i mean we're assuming that each episode is probably going to be around 40 minutes Actually, long so you'll probably we, we we have confirmation on the run times nick i'm glad you brought that up they leaked last okay. week uh, for the first three episodes, my friends, you're looking at a total of 114 minutes to consume. And Nick, what, what would you average? What, what would you estimate for recaps? Maybe four to five minutes, four to six minutes uh, between yeah. the three episodes. So, so you're probably going to get about 110, 108 minutes of content. With um, yeah. episode so, four clocking in at 47 minutes, the other are all 40 or below, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say, so yeah, around like 30-ish minutes per episode, 30, 35 per episode after that 47 minute long opening. Yeah, I feel like if you put out that much content and and it is like a slow burn through all three episodes, people may start to get impatient. I mean, we see that happening already with other properties. Um, You know, people don't tend to, uh, you know like slower burns or like things that take a little bit more well, time I, you know, to, I, to I, ramp up. I kind of said this before <laughs> we went live. I, I, I'm feeling while I still enjoy it. Okay. This isn't, don't, don't start throwing stuff at me. I'm not Elon Musk. I, I, I still enjoy rings of power, but I do feel like, what are we four or five episodes in that? It just feels like we're, we're still kicking the tires on all the irons that have been put into the fire. And we last week I, I, I made a comment. I didn't probably use the right phrase. I was like, I'm just I, I want some action to take place. And I wasn't talking literal like bang, bang, stab, stab, arrow, arrow. I'm like, OK, let's let's move one of these plot threads that you, you can see being developed. And if you've read Silmarillion and you're, you're familiar with the Tolkien verse, you, you kind of know what's happening. But I, I'm getting to the point like, OK, let's you've already condensed the fucking timeline. I mean, Nick, we're talking about characters that aren't introduced in the books until thousands of years into the Second Age. They're already around like Ellen Deal and Isildur. They, they shouldn't be around at this point in time, but who cares? So if you're going to compress the timeline, let's let's also compress the delivery of some of the narratives is all I'm saying. But we have some more things to talk on on Rings of Power here in a few minutes. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. I um, I'm a bit I, I'm not worried. I really don't give a fuck, honestly. I, I, I don't give a shit what other people um, think about this. It does kind of rub me the wrong way as a fan that is generally excited about Star Wars and new Star Wars to go on social media and get hit with that fire hydrant of hate. But in the end, I don't really give a fuck. I mean, if I enjoy it and I don't feel like an asshole getting up early in the morning to watch it before real work, then Hey, it's a win for me. But I, I think you're on to something. Um, it, but a, a lot of stuff, I, like I said, the, the little buzzwords I've been seeing are gritty, doesn't feel like Star Wars, but it's in that Star Wars world. And like I said, that that very these first three episodes, I think the general consensus is it's it's a very slow burn. But by the time you uh, you know get to the credits on episode three, you're like, all right, I get the stakes. I understand Andor a bit more and why he ends up being this rebel spy slash assassin. So bring on episode four. Uh, so I'm I'm anticipating myself enjoying it i just don't know if i'm going to enjoy some of the processes that i may have planned for myself after screening the three episode premiere so yeah um yeah i mean i'm not too worried about it um 
like, but also like, I don't care, like slow burns and stuff like that. Don't really like affect me all that much. Like I don't mind slower shows. Uh, so, so I mean like that, that's not going to affect like my perception of it. Like what will affect my perception of it is like, how well the story is told. Like, that, yeah, if the storytelling's bad, then I will say There something. you go. Cause I, I mean, I've said this a million <laughs> times. So Nick's right. I mean, in, in the three episodes, we can move Andor 10 feet down the road. As long as the story is good, I don't give a shit that he only moved 10 feet. So that's the key. And, and I have been hearing things, reading things, at least in titles or social media posts, that it is, it is definitely worth your time it's just don't and and we've been trying to warn a lot of you about this tony has been trying to tell us all like this is not a star wars show for star wars fans so do not expect the fantastical the shocking the um you know the titty twistery type of stuff that you've been you've been used to in some of these other star wars disney plus series remember no there's no such thing as a cynical cameo in a Tony Gilroy mm-hmm. produced Star Wars project. So um, while, you know, there, there may be some surprises in store, that there's probably not going to be cheap ones. They're going to be earned, which usually means, you know, we're going to have to stew on things a bit more. So who knows? We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Andor and our expectations in a little bit. But while we've got some time for some pop culture talk, I have to uh, discuss this Barbarian movie with some of you, or at least those of you that are into horror slash type thriller movies. Uh, but I think that this film, it, it's been out for a week or two. I, I finally uh, made it over to the theater because, hey, I can drive again. I'm a big boy. Yay. Can't do much else, but I can at least drive so I can get back to the movies on a weekly basis and get some value out of my AMC Stubbs A-list rewards. Right, Nick? You know, we, we, we got to recoup that $20 a month. So I went and checked out Barbarian because I, I, I saw some good things on it. I do like horror movies. Uh, it's one of my favorite genres, probably right under sci-fi and fantasy. Uh, big fan. Uh, and I have to tell you, this is a, it's just a brilliant, scary movie. It is, it's tense from the beginning until the end. Uh, I was in a theater by myself, which probably added to some of the uh, the the intense feelings I, I was having. It, it's one of those scary movies where you will be sitting there like, don't do that. Don't do it, damn it. Why are you doing this? Please don't do it. You're making me feel all scared inside. Uh, so it really it really pays off on, you know, what a what a scary movie is supposed to do. Uh, you're constantly, yeah. you know, looking for what's around the corner, what's in the light when there's shadow and I, I it, it delivers its narrative, Nick, in a very unique way where it kind of kind of bounces around time, but not through the lens of the, of the same characters. All right. I don't want to gotcha. I don't want to uh, go too deep into it without spoiling. But there is there is a bit of a, a twist and it's, it's, it's just all around fantastic movies if you're into scary flicks. So if you've been looking for something to catch, I know there's some movies hitting this week that may be of interest that. Don't worry, darling has has you know generated some headlines with uh, what's her name Olivia Wilde and and yeah. uh, Home Slice and the and Harry and all that shit. Uh, I still haven't seen Bullet Train, but whatever. I, I I think this is way better than that. So Barbarian is definitely two lightsabers up from your boy 
at the Star Wars Time Show. Well worth checking out. Uh, not sure when it hits on demand, but should still be in theaters if you want to have a little bit of fun with a significant other or some friends. It, it would definitely serve you well. Um, and that's really it. I mean, yeah, we're I, probably going to go see Don't Worry Darling soon because I know Taylor's been wanting to see that for for a bit. So, yeah, yeah. We'll no, I, I'm probably go I'm definitely interested in that one. There's another one in theaters that I want to check out. But hey, you know, time is short. I'm an in-demand type of individual these days, so you never know what I'm going to be able to get out and see. But I am going to try to get back to, you know, Thursdays. Screenings, either either catching new releases or, or, or catching up, because I do love going to the movies, even if it is a, um, a, a COVID risk these days. Even though no one talks about COVID anymore, but, you know, 400 plus people still die a day. <laughs> it's like, who cares? Fuck it. Pandemic over, but be careful out there. All right, so um, Nick, what's up? We got Johnny Boy in here, Mr. Schmidt. Oh, riding the one wheel. That's a, I'm glad someone prompted that. So yeah, um, if you're new here, in the summer I broke my leg riding the one wheel. Been dealing with it since June. Still dealing with it. It was a rough weekend this weekend. I've been regressing in therapy. Uh, she's taken <laughs> exercises away from me, which is like, you might as well just stab me in my heart, Nick, because I'm a... You know, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to say I'm, I'm some fucking pro athlete, but I, I do like physical fitness and taking care of myself. And in my mind, if I'm not, I don't want to say abusing my body, but abusing it in a good way. Does that make sense to yeah. those of you that work out? I, I don't feel like I'm getting better. I don't feel like I'm healing. Uh, so when I hear like, yeah, you, you have to stop doing this and you have to stop standing so much. You have to stop walking. It's like, well... You might as well just give me my fucking crutches back and tell me to sit in the fucking basement all day. I mean, that, that, that's basically my weekends. It's like, hey, brain's going. You don't have crutches anymore. Why don't you do this chore or that hobby or hang this or climb a ladder? And the leg just keeps sitting there going, fuck you, pal. It's not yeah. 2023 yet, so that sucked. But because I am a supreme asshole and I, you know, I wasn't feeling the best mentally yesterday. Heather, my wife, was out of town for business, so it was just myself and the little one, which means there are no rules. So I was, I was, Whatever I want to do. Exactly. Today. I was looking at the floor of the kitchen. <laughs> I, I eyed the one wheel, which I have not touched since June 10, the day I killed myself on it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking turn this thing on and see if I can stand on it. So I did. And I can still fucking stand on it. I still have got the balance. I was worried about that. I was like, is it like riding a bike? Am I going to have to restart after this stupid injury? But I was able to get up, self-balance, moved a few feet in the kitchen. I was holding on two counters. Okay, I'm not that stupid. Then I jumped off and felt guilty and told my daughter, she told um, Heather what I did. I would ground her. And because I, <laughs> I, because I just live with a guilty conscience, I admitted it to my wife at night. And I was like, well... I got on the one wheel because I need some hope. I need some fucking hope. And she's like, you're an asshole. Um, can we think of other ways to give you hope versus you getting on a one wheel, you know, two weeks after not being on crutches? So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Life there is life go. is no fun, but hey, we've got rings of power. We got Andor coming out. So I digress, right? I shall survive. 
So, Nick, let, let's get into a little little rings of power. Not too long. You know, this again, this is a Star Wars time show, and we are kind of adjacent rings of power time show, House of Dragon time show. But, you know, we got some Star Wars to talk about today, so not too much. But um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about where we're at so far. We're both current, I believe, through... What, where were we at? Four episodes or five at this point? I think it's five, it five? right? Because I know we had the Rings double double drop, and then they've been solo since. Three three weeks, yeah. What, what, what's the count? You got that? Oh, I think it's four. Okay. Yeah, I think it's four. All right. And um, again, what, I, I enjoy the show. I'm, I'm glad this show exists. I think it looks wonderful. The money was well spent. The cast is beautiful, colorful. They're, they're fantastic. But I, I am finding myself, and I told Nick, I'll give you a little secret here, and I think this is part of the problem. I think I need to pick a new day to watch Rings of Power. It's, it's kind of a weekend show, my friends, and on the weekend, your boy here might have himself a couple beers, a couple toots. Uh, so come, you know, 7, 8 o'clock, I might be a little, little drowsy, <laughs> if you will, to watch a show like Rings of Power, which, I, I, again, I will say is it is very well done, but it is, like Andor is being uh, kind of described, Rings of Power is a, is a motherfucking slow burn and a half. Like, I mean, they are taking their time establishing the characters, the main players, the main factions, which is appreciated. I mean, this is the Tolkienverse. It is massive. But it is, yeah. it is, I am finding myself at times, Nick, especially during some of the just pure dialogue scenes, you know, Galadriel and Halbrand and Elrond and um, Durin or Elrond and his wife or Galadriel and what's her name? Miriam or Muriel. It's just like sometimes yeah. um, and the way they talk, you know, they, they, they do kind of have that Middle Earth dialect where it's. Yeah. Oh, oh. It, it, it can lull you to sleep, especially if you had a beer or two. Sometimes it, you know, the, the, the eyes close a little bit. So like I said, I, I, that's on me and just picking the wrong time and day to watch it. But I am kind of feeling like, all right, let, let's, let's move something into the forefront. Cause right now you got the Galadriel thing. You've got the, the Southern men with Andro deer and, and his woman thing and the orcs and what's going on there. Yeah, you've got the Numenorians now. They came in in episode three. Uh, you got the the Harfoots, who were completely absent from episode four. And it is it's 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 starting to feel like all right, we're we're really broadening the scope, but I, I feel like we're missing a little bit of focus. What say you? What say you? I fucking love the show. I I love everything about it. Um, I probably wouldn't change it at all, knowing the how long the series is supposed to be and how realistically few big events that there are probably going to be covered in this um because if we're i mean like there's a lot that happens in the second age you know you Bro, have after you nick nick kind of had a a very nice br breakdown of his thoughts yesterday in our slack i was like you know what i need to go yeah. back and, and study the second age again so i've got some Times and events, thanks to your reminder, but I, I've got it all laid yeah. out now. And it feels like the timeline is 100% condensed. Because like I said, Ellen Deal yeah. shouldn't even be around till like 3,500 in the Second Age. Uh, Sauron shows up in the Second Age about 500, about 1,500 is when he 
infiltrates the elves and, and Celebrimbor yeah. and all that shit. So, so um, like, go ahead. There, there are some think, major things that aren't even being teased yet. Yeah, that's not even being teased yet. But but here's the thing is like, what would you would consider like big events? Like, you know, the the first the first thing that needs to happen before you even get anything started is the rings need to be forged, which we have we're not even close to yet, realistically. The, for, the forge itself is still being built, it, but I, I it's still being built. Hey, did you so real quick before yeah. you keep with your breakdown? Yeah. How much time do you think passed from when Elrond was sent to talk to the dwarves to the construction on the um, the kiln or whatever the fuck it is that Calabrimbor is building in area? Yeah. I mean, years? when we first saw, oh, at least 20 years. Um, <laughs> you don't get that at all we, from, like, the, from the show, though. Like you. Yeah. And that's one thing that I wanted to bring up is like when you're dealing specifically with the characters that we're dealing with in 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 like the like most of the show it's hard to show progression of time yeah. because everybody has extended life like 20 years to an elf like we saw it when they were when he was interacting with Durin in uh you know in in Moria like he he goes there and he's like oh well you have I haven't seen you in 50 years you know like I've gotten married I've I've had kids right. and all this shit has happened and like Elrond's like you have to understand like I am an immortal being and like time literally means nothing to me. Like 50 years to you is, I mean, even for a dwarf, 50 years is only probably one sixth of their life. But like for Elrond, that's nothing. So like, it's hard. So like, I get what you're saying. Like that, that the timeline is definitely condensed or they're just jumping and we're not yeah, aware because- of it. Because you have no perspective to the characters. Well, like, we could the, through the humans, and the humans yeah, don't the look humans. like they aged a day. So, are we seeing the the elf perspective and the, the dwarf perspective in a different timeline than what we're seeing with Bronwyn, the female who has led the humans yeah. to that tower, and Andrew Deer? Like, I get it, Andrew Deer wouldn't age, but was he really locked up with the orcs for twenty years? Yeah, <laughs> because that, the humans, the only the humans one. didn't move at all. But, but my hope, yeah. and I'm not trying to shit on the show. I just found it weird that we went from, hey, can you go see if you can get the dwarves to help us build this, this massive forge, and then by episode four, it's already halfway built. It's like, yeah, but the humans it didn't is, move at all. Yeah, the the timeline definitely gets a little wonky because of the the inclusion of like the southron yeah like the okay. southerners and that storyline and, and that um, stuff doesn't bother like i is, could care less like that yeah. that doesn't bother me at all so like realistically if like you're looking at everything through the lens of like a human lifespan everything is condensed i would say that no more that like if we're thinking about it in like human years i would say that no more than a year has passed since uh the the introduction of Calibrimbor and then yeah uh, and then like Elrond going to Durin to start to get the, the forge constructed. Um, that's what I would say in, in terms of that. So I think we are dealing with like a, with a condensed timeline for sure, because it's hard to, it's hard to show the passage of a thousand years in a show. 
Yeah, because all the humans just, would be it's dead. It's difficult to do like, that. Yeah, like you, everybody would be fucking you dead. You can't even, like, so, like, they even had to do it with the Numenorians who could live two to three hundred years. But two even then, like I said, I mean, I think your boy with Al Farazan and, and Alan Deal, I mean, they're, they're thousands of the years down the story, but they exist in Rings of Power because they have to. You just have to. Yeah, you, exactly. Like you said, it would be impossible to cover... 5,000 yeah. years in Trevor in the live stream chat. If you want to join the live stream every Tuesday, youtube.com slash star Wars time show two thirty P East. Um, yeah, he's right. I mean, just forging the rings themselves take decades. And, yeah, and exactly. I was reminded that they actually just do the elves first, but then that leads to the war Nick's about to talk about. And then Sauron, exactly. he's like, you know what? They're too smart. I need, he to, goes to I need to give them to the fucking men idiots and the dwarves. Yeah. And the dwarves are basically mad at a mountain that had never affected them. But the men, yeah, that's, the where, that's where Sauron gets his, his due. Yeah. So like what we think of as like big events in like TV time would take very little. Like the forging of the rings of power probably is only going to happen in like part of an episode. Like, you know, Sauron. Yeah, they're gonna, not. They're like, not going to draw it out over thirty years. Yeah, like the- it's like it, that would have to happen if they, if it happened that way. It would be like okay, we're going to introduce Sauron, then we're going to have him. You know, like Sauron as Anatar, which we saw in the trailers. Like everybody who thinks that Halbrand is 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 Sauron is no. just wrong. Like we've already seen Sauron. Um, like. He's not in the show yet, but when he comes in, he would, we would have to see the forging of the rings of power over like a whole fucking season. If that was the case, like you would just check in on Celebrimbor. He's like, I got one done. Still got 16 more to go. Do you think, do you think we'll get there by the end of season one? Like will Anatar show up by then and kind of align with Celebrimbor? Okay. Yeah. I think by the end we will get there because here's the big events that need to happen. Like, him going like Sauron forging the rings and then like going to the elves and getting rebuked. Like that's a big event. Yeah. But like the rebuke of Sauron takes like a day. Like they're they like he comes to them and they're like, we know you're not Anatar or whoever you claim to be. Correct. We can tell that like you are an evil being and by all rights, you're more than likely Sauron. So we're just going to expel yeah, that's, you. That's that is like. Elrond and Gilgalad, but then he goes up to how do you say it, Ergion or Aragon or uh, Calabrimbor's yeah, region, Aragion. And Calabrimbor, he's like, "All right, cool, come fucking yeah. hang out and show me how to make cool shit." So like, so like that's a major yes, event yes. in in the Second Age, but like that's not something that's going to take up a shitload of time no, in the TV that'll be, show. That'll be what a is going to take up? Yeah, like what is going to take up a shitload of time in the t- in in the TV show is like okay, the Rings of Power are forged. The, he goes to the elves to try to give them to him, and the, they they fucking rebuke him. He goes back, then he goes off to Numenor, or like before he even goes off to Numenor, there's a whole fucking war that happens. Yeah, like, between the there elves is a whole, and, and Sauron, and, and Sauron. So like that may be where the first season ends. Okay. Is like. The forging of the rings of power, and then we're right on the precipice of the well, Elven War it, versus it, Sauron, and that makes sense, Nick, because. Again, I, I had to study this because it is a ton of shit to remember. I mean, yeah, thousands of years of shit. Um, the the war actually isn't going in the elves' favor, and that's when they make the call to the men of Numenor. So you're seeing exactly. how they're establishing through Galadriel being there. Like, listen, we we gave you this fucking island. You you wanted to be like us, but because you're stupid ass humans, you're you're starting to get arrogant and cocky, and you can be influenced. 
uh, but we need this alliance. And, and that's why I think her and, and Muriel are linking up because you're right. They, yeah. Because that, they call the Numenorians to come help. And that's what turns the tide to beat them again. But what happens yeah. after that, Nick? So after, after, after that, the Numenorians like, and the elves beat him, where does he end up? He goes back to Numenor. Yeah, and- where, well, he goes, he doesn't go back. He goes to Numenor where the Numenorians know he is Sauron. Right. Like they know he's Sauron. They arrest him. And then, and then what happens there is Arfarazan. So like Muriel's husband is like, essentially it starts like a civil war. Like, Sauron starts to get into oh, his yeah. he, ear. He Sauron, becomes his his hand, if his you will. Advisor. He, yeah, he essentially becomes the hand of uh, of the king of Numenor or yeah. the fake king of Numenor. Because essentially, how the <laughs> the Numenorian throne progression goes, if you want to think about this in Game of Thrones terms, like Muriel is the is supposed to be the the fourth queen regent or the fourth queen of Numenor after her father dies. Like the father is the guy that we saw on the bed she was talking to. When Galadriel came in, that's Tar Palantir. When he dies, all rights to the throne pass to Muriel. She would be the fourth queen of Numenor. But what happens is our Farazan, which we've already seen him kind of like starting to move on the side of like, we hate the elves. Yeah, like he's we're, the, we're the white hair, white, like the peppered hair guy. Yeah. Salt and pepper guy. Um, he starts, he essentially like. Once Sauron gets there and Sauron starts to get into his ear and influence him, he splits from his wife and basically starts like a mini civil war in oh, Numenor yeah. where he overthrows his overthrows Muriel, takes control of, uh, spo- of spoilers, Numenor by the way. But this content's like 70 years old. So, I mean, or, or yeah, I mean, 50 is, years old, I, but. And then also, like, we don't know if this is exactly how it's going to yeah, go down. Like, right. this is all according to the way that. Tolkien wrote it like this is this is how he he wrote it back then so we don't know if this is how it's going to happen in a show but like he overthrows him and then that's when the Numenorians try to try to make war on Valinor yeah because he's like hey go go fucking fight the gods like he's such a pimp yeah (laughs) Sauron for all intents and purposes is essentially the Palpatine of Middle Earth like he, super long. He game. plays an extreme like we're talking 10,000 plus years or ages, three ages worth of a long game and still fa- still fails. But yeah, I mean, he, he's yeah. fantastic. He convinces the best of the humans to destroy themselves. But like, yeah, go fight the gods. <laughs> he's like, yeah, just go fucking yeah. fight the gods and angels. Uh, they're holding you yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, so we also have to keep in mind, too, that like this is happening over five seasons. They've already said, like, we're going to have five seasons of this show. And the show has to end with the battle that you saw in the beginning of the Correct. Lord of the Rings, the which was the last alliance, yeah, of Daggerlad, the last alliance of elves and men. That's the one where fucking Isildur cuts the ring off of Sauron's finger, does not drop it into the into the fires of Mount Doom, and then we get to yep. you know move move into the Lord of the Rings timeline, the rings lost, everything like that. So like you don't have that many huge events to cover before you get there. Like you have the you have the the war between elves and Sauron. You have the fall of Numenor and the war that is, that they try to make against um, Valinor. Then you have the establishing of Arnor and Gondor after the remaining Numenorians move over into Middle Earth. And then there is some other like there is a war. I think that happens between Arnor and the forces of Angband or something like that. Like. Once Arnor is is like established as a a realm for Numenorians within Middle Earth, so I think that there's another conflict that happens there. 
But like overall, there's not too many like huge events that you can just like constantly have some like yeah. high action stuff happening. Like the first four, I mean, and here's, I, th- I think this is what like is messing with people and like, oh, it's slow. Like we're only four episodes in, but they are longer episodes. Like some of these episodes are like 70, 75 minutes long. So, I mean, the, the best way that I would describe it to you is like, I mean, Fellowship of the Ring, if you watch the extended editions, like four and a half hours long. So like we're, we're still in like the fellow, like we're right at the end of like the fellowship timeline here. So, um, it is long. It is taking a little bit longer to, to, to build up, but also like the only other way that you could do this is if you introduced Sauron right off the back and then you just started rolling on stuff. And I think that that may have been a little too fast because there is a lot of context that is required in this age. And I don't think that like jumping directly into like, Rings are already made, fighting is happening, and everything else. I think there needed to be a little bit more exposition to it. And I'm okay with that because I like the exposition of this world. I like the I, I, I like the context behind everything that is happening. So um I'm a big fan. Like I I, I really do think that they've done a, a good job. And I think that they've done a really good job of taking what Tolkien had because you didn't have a lot of like side character contexts and stuff like that or like ancillary storylines to the second age because like he was essentially writing the second age as like an outline or like a recap of like well this is everything that happened in the second age it it was was mostly to support all the history he was telling through song and poems in the hobbit and lord of the rings exactly so like he couldn't write like he didn't write like side storylines like we're seeing what's happening in the South or like so he didn't want to introduce characters like Hall Brandon. He didn't want it to bring up like the the elven forces that were still in the but South. I, but I, I like after what the, the show the is, with more I like what the show is doing with characters like that, though. And I, I think you're, yeah. you're right. I, I was thinking the same thing. Hall Brand's the, the human that was locked up with Galadriel. He's been yes. identified as a a a southern royal if you can i mean you gotta remember at this point in time in this age humans mostly suck they all fell in line with with melkor and they're mostly scumbags besides the numenorians who are becoming scumbags you get you get the point here like tolkien specifically wrote humans as the they can be heroic but they're pretty much the pieces of shit in middle earth they fuck everything up i mean any any major fuck up in Tolkien's uh, universe is usually a human's fault. So yeah, usually man. <laughs> but the, the Halbrand, because they made that the point to be like, oh yeah, you you potentially have claim to whatever reign is down there. He one hundred percent is going to be one of the nine ring race at some point in time. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to be the the actual witch king because you know I I actually posted a link in the live stream chat. It's a great little Tolkien gateway wiki on Sauron throughout um, ages one, two, and three. Uh, that I think uh, anyone that is super dorky like Nick and I, you'll benefit through going through it just to kind of get the the timelines, the major events. Uh, but at some point. He gives, I think, three rings to Numenorean men, um, like two to southern kings, and then five to just other rulers of men. 
Uh, but one becomes the the witch king of of Angmar or whatever, like Angmar, like his main yeah. lieutenant. And Nick and I were not sure if that's Hallbrand. It would make sense considering they're making such a big deal about his lineage. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So one last thing before we move into some Star Wars. Who is the uh, you know kind of the white looking zombified Ardor? elf that the orcs are calling father is this sauron in a in a decrepit form or is this a a lieutenant of his because he seems to command respect amongst the southern orcs and he seems to be the one kind of building you know we're people we're watching them build mordor by the way like that that's them building mordor barador you know eventually the black gate that's what they're 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 doing with the elves and the humans they've conscripted so Nick, who yeah. do you think he is? Is is he going to turn it? Is he going to put the fair form on and become Anatar, or is this this guy that I think where they call him Ardor, which is father? Yeah. What, what say you? Yeah, that that one's hard to me. So like, I looked up some like I was like, are, have there ever been dark elves? Like, is there like a dark well, that's elf what orcs in like second are. age? I mean, really? I mean, they're, they're yeah, they're yeah. Twisted I mean, they're elves. they're like corrupted. Yeah, corrupted, twisted elves. Um, I. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't. I, so first, I don't think he's an established character. I think that this is probably a new character created for the show. Um, I don't think it's Sauron, but I could, cause it's like every time, like, I feel like what's happening is like every time a character comes up of question, people are like, that's Sauron or that's Sauron. Or, that's Sauron. He is a so spirit. Like, I, I mean, he is a spirit that could yeah. take whatever form he wants up until now. We, we will learn. He eventually loses the ability to take a fair form because he tricks the form. elves. But up until yeah, now, after, you could argue he could turn into whatever he wants. He could, he could. So it's hard for me to try to figure out who that is. There wasn't, there was like a dark elf in the, in the first age, I believe his name was Aeol, E-O-L, and like he, but he was never expressly evil from what I could understand. Yeah. So I think that what this guy is, is he's likely an elf that was captured during the time of the, like the, the war of wrath, like the, the, the first age war against Morgoth and has like just been not necessarily turned into a like an orc or anything like that because obviously he still has his full elven form and I don't like and he's also not susceptible to sunlight like orcs are um but he's like I think he's just probably like an elf that defected during the war of Morgoth that has like Stockholm syndrome then right like yeah he's, he's just yeah. come to accept his his captor's philosophy and now looks at that as, Hey, this is the way to live. And yeah, I'm going to carry it on. All right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And he's like marshaled the forces of the sat, like the remaining forces of orcs that, that, that remained after that war have just been like under his command or he's been like leading them. Yeah. I I, I, may be in contact with Sauron. I I do think that you would would have to think like he has some connection because they're not just arbitrarily burning down trees. I mean, Uh, Just like in Two Towers, you're seeing the orcs cultivate the living forest to build out the dark lands that, you you know, everyone knows by the time we get to the third age of of Mordor, Barador, the Black Gate, all that shit is where the human story is taking place. Yeah, exactly. So, I I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate the exposition. And like Taylor and I have both been, I mean, we've been watching both 
House of the Dragon. I mean, we 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 actually skipped episode three of House of the Dragon and just watched the last two um, with our with one of our fr- friends who was over. Like we've been watching both of them, and she like we both like Rings of Power better, and she hated Lord of the Rings. Like she was just like even, like watching the movies, she didn't like them. Watch like reading the books, she didn't like wow, them, but, but like she she, digs this, she huh? likes the show. Yeah, she I don't know. If anything else, it, I I just like the nostalgia it's bringing back to me. And and if you check out, if you're on the live stream, you check out that wiki. It's I could read that shit all day long and just be mesmerized. Yeah. I mean, I, I I love being reminded. And there there's a good thing in there about the wizards and why they were sent in the third age, and it was because uh, the gods, if you will, the Valar. They're like, yo. We can already see, even though Sauron's been beat again, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's the necromancer or whatever, we can see humans are still very much under his influence. So we need, yeah. we need our own sub-spirits down there, our own demigods, and that's when they send the five uh, yeah. Astari I- to kind of watch over things and, and protect as we saw Gandalf, I mean, his mission and the reason he was able to come back is because he was initially sent there to prevent Sauron from destroying the people of Middle Earth. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of good shit. A lot of good shit that's coming in the show. It's definitely a slow burn, but like, I'm excited. This is a property that like has so much rich history in it. And if you put it in the right people's hands, they can take that history and turn it into something that's really spectacular. And I can see the seeds of a really good show yeah. being planted in the first episode. Well, let's hope so. Bezos keeps dumping that cash into it because <laughs> I, I'm here for it. And like I said, I think ultimately with some reflection, my biggest problem is just the, the time I choose to watch it. I think this is something <laughs> I, I probably should go in with a with a fresh mind and body. Yeah, I, like I, I smoke up a little bit and like Taylor can Taylor can tell I'm watching the show and like you're, you're little shit, shit pops up. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like into it. I'm like, oh shit, there. Okay, all yeah, right. Here's like this person. This one, I was like, <laughs> oh, look at his helmet. Yeah. You know, look at this. All right, here we go. It's like all the little yeah, things. Yeah, no, I, I, I think on. it's it's the booze, man. Like, if I want to be honest, the booze, like at night. And I'm not some big drunk. It's not like I have ten drinks, but you know, if I have two or three beers, come eight nine o'clock, I'm 42. I'm getting a little 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 woozy. So laying yeah. on the couch, having my fair lady kind of rub, scratch my head a little bit. Not a great combination to watch Rings of Power, I'm finding. So. <laughs> yeah, you're like halfway asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm full of shit. But it's just, it, the show is, is solid for the property. And, and I think for doing what it's doing with the uh, just super broad scope that Tolkien took with the, yeah. the second age. All right, man, let's yeah. get into some Star Wars. It's been a minute. I'm sure we've scared most people away, but who really cares? It's our show. It's our time. We do what we do. Uh, so as I always do, our short form content review of the week. Make sure to check it out. I did a recap of Obi-Wan number five, the final issue in that Obi-Wan miniseries. Ultimately, it was, it was kind of a, a ho-hum, nothing really exciting outside of learning that Obi-Wan used nunchuck lightsabers as a Padawan. But if you want to check that stuff out and want to get your Star Wars comic books recapped in a minute or less, we got that for you. YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, or TikTok. Um, all right. So, Andor, Nick, might as well talk about it. It's on the minds of a lot of Star Wars fans for some reason. Uh, we got the, the three-episode premiere tomorrow, which sadly has... Um, 
introduced stress to my life that I, I really question why I, I tolerate it, like why I allow myself to to get like this over a fucking Star Wars program. But whatever, if you're a longtime fan, you get it. I've got a sickness. Uh, it's a narcissism for sure, specifically when it comes to Star Wars content and the need to get my thoughts out there in a timely fashion. Um, but there's also, you know, I, I, I think I'm finally starting to wake up and smell the coffee and just go like, well, why? Like, why do I, why should I feel stressed out about tomorrow when every other motherfucker on this planet, unless you're getting paid to cover it and you've already seen it and wrote, did your write up. Why, why do I, Nick, ruin these events for myself? Cause I feel like, Hey, if I don't, if these 200 people don't watch this video, I'm going to die or the show's going to die or YouTube's going to go away. Like <laughs> when is it going to fucking resonate with me? Like, I, yeah, I mean, I've, <laughs> I'm not sure. I will say that like we do pretty in-depth coverage on the podcast and uh, I think that that's like a, we, we do a pretty good job of, of deep diving and everything I know, like that on I, air. I, I get <laughs> so. it. Like, I mean, a part of it is, and we talked last week, it, it does suck that we don't get to go until literally a week after the right. shit aired. So I do feel like doing breakdowns damn near seven days after an episode could be a bit stale. I mean, people are only tuning in because they like us. They want to see if I say something stupid or, you know, if we have a fight. Uh, but you're, it's, it's like they've already read every damn Easter egg and top moment fucking thing by then. So I think a part of it is like, OK, well, if I get the content out on day one of a Star Wars show release, at least they know that we're dedicated to the cause and we're, we're trying to fill in the gaps and f answer questions they may have while watching. But it's like, why? You know, we're not fucking Star Wars theory. We're not Star Wars explained. It's not like when I put that content out, I know I'm going to get a guaranteed audience, 20,000 people tune in in the first hour. That would, that would make sense. That would be motivation to get up, do all this shit before my real job. But I'm just like, bro, it's going on four plus years now, man. Yeah, the shorts have added some subs, but... No one gives a fuck when you drop content. It's not like every all your subs tune in to watch. So who cares? Be more like Nick. <coughs> Fucking don't even watch hey, the show until a week later. Like I, that's where I need to go. Right. I need to find a balance I between gotta... Nick. Like I think Nick went almost too far <laughs> to the one end, and I'm too far on the other spectrum. Like I, I need if to find anything, a happy medium. I, yeah, I think that. Like I think. Well, one, it was just announced today that. Um, YouTube shorts will now have the ability to be so fucking monetized. excited about that. So if anything, what I would do is just like the one minute recaps of each episode. I think that that would be sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that, I mean, dude, that's uh, a good, that's a good middle ground. Like I, like I meet, like I've been saying, I've been literally, even today, it's been very intense thinking like, okay, so what is my actual plan tomorrow? Cause Nick's right. Like, yeah, I know that's like, like what, what do I do? I, I know I'm going to get more eyes and I'm going to get more subs if I make short form content. But until that monetization and watch time kicks in, we need to get some more long form videos out there because there's not a lot of people that sit around and watch a three hour podcast. So the only reason we can't monetize Nick is because of watch hours. It's not audience anymore. We have it. So that shorts thing should help. And, and I do, I, I, I think I have to find a happy medium between maybe one long video a week and a short, 
Uh, or yeah. I, we, we do have the ability now to take a long form video and directly create a short from it that will link to the long video. So I think at least for YouTube, that's a great answer. Now for Reels and TikTok, I don't know. Like I said, it's a problem I create for myself. Thank you, props. Thank you, Devin. I wish 20,000 other people felt that way, but they don't. So I can only... <laughs> I can only react to how people react to us, and there's almost zero reaction. So I'm just bitching. You know, it, it, this is a mental problem that I, I almost need therapy for, I think. It's like life will continue tomorrow if I don't do breakdowns of all three fucking episodes of Andor. It really will. I know it will. But yeah, like 99.9% con- yeah, Convincing sure. <laughs> this little fucker that sits in my brain and drives it, that's the problem. You know what I mean? So whatever. There'll be something out there. You can you can bank on that because I know I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be able to sleep because I am excited. But like going back full circle, it's like wow, I just want to be able to enjoy Star Wars and not feel like I gotta do some fucking labor. And that's my problem. That's no one else's. So there you go. Anyways, let's talk about it. Um before we get into Tony talking about season two, Nick. Um, we, we did our, Hey, things we want to see characters we want to see. So we've kind of topped out or tapped out special topics on Andor. So I just wanted to leave it simple. What, what are you hoping to feel or experience by the end of episode three, when you do get around to watching it? Cause we know young Nick will definitely not tune in tomorrow. Yeah, no, almost surely not going to watch him tomorrow. Um, so I may watch like one. Someone tomorrow, hack into his Disney Plus and change the titles to Rings of Power, and then he'll be like, oh, yeah, sweet. Then I'll, fucking, <laughs> then I'll watch it. Then I'll, yeah, watch, I'll watch it right so away. So, what, what, what do I want to feel? What do I want to feel? That's, a good, that's actually a really good question. All right, okay. I want to feel by the end of episode three, I guess the best way to put it is I want to feel invested. Good. Um, that's good. And I want to feel different. I want to feel like I do want to feel like this is a different type of Star Wars show because I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that um, of the Star Wars shows that we've gotten, we've gotten a very similar feel to them. I mean, we already know, especially within the Mando verse, that like Book of Boba and, and Mando are going to feel pretty similar. Same, yeah. Um, you know, and and even with the the animated shows, like Bad Batch feels pretty similar to what we got in Clone Wars and Rebels, which is fine. So I want this show that has been marketed as like the, the antithesis, <laughs> like the exact opposite of everything you've ever seen Star or Wars heard show. about in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I, I, I want to feel the difference, but I also want, I, I also want to be able to watch it and be like, Hey man, this is a good Star Wars show. That's like a spy thriller. Cause that's essentially like, I want to be able to feel what he was going for at the end of the third episode. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to watch the end of the third episode and be like, I can see that this is a spy thriller, but I don't see how that the, this is even remotely a Star Wars show. That would be the opposite of what I want to yeah, feel. Yeah, okay. Is this something you are planning or hope to do with Taylor? Do you think this is a Star Wars show that you could <laughs> couple up or are you just going to take it on the chin? Maybe. I mean, she's been pretty against watching any Star Wars content with me, even though that like, you know, <laughs> she she genuinely enjoyed like she enjoyed the movies that we watched. She enjoyed 
um, you know, the, the Star Wars content that we've been to, like she enjoys going to Galaxy's Edge and stuff like that. Um, so more than likely I'm going to watch it by myself. I would, I would love to watch it with her, but, but she is just, she just doesn't want to do it. And so, um, probably going to be just me. I'll, 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 I'll present it to her as, as, as something that, that we could watch together. Kind of like I presented to her that, you know, we could watch. Uh, rings of power together and she's enjoying that right. but there you go we'll so Nick, mean, nick's work, what he's saying is he's can't guarantee he's me. working on an elevator pitch <laughs> yeah. to uh yeah. she just pe- she just peeked her head in the door and gave me a dirty look yeah so. like quick quick <laughs> mention my name you cocksucker on that yeah. weirdo star wars show <laughs> yeah oh i love yeah. it all right we'll so see. justin um he wants uh, you two weren't in here when i was talking about your little fucking party you guys had last week for the official andor uh, screening in Hollywood. So again, kudos to you. I'm 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 jealous, but happy for you. Two longtime fans to get that opportunity. But but Justin's asking, how do I want to feel after episode three? Well, I honestly think Nick said it the best. Um, I'm obviously much more diehard than Nick. I'll be up probably four or five o'clock tomorrow. Uh, but I I want I honestly I I want to feel like Tony Gilroy wasn't lying to us. I want yeah. his arrogance to come through. Uh, I want it to be paid off because as much as we kind of make fun of him, I, I think he acts the way he does for, for a reason. And he's confident in himself, and that usually isn't a bad thing. Like, there's a fine line of being confident and being arrogant, and I think Tony definitely crosses it here and there. Uh, but I do like what he's selling. I am someone, and, you know, go ahead, get your fucking eggs out. I'm not someone that's going to sit there and be like, Rogue One is the greatest Star Wars thing that that's ever happened. I've enjoyed it. I appreciated it. The, the Vader hallway scene is, is titties. It, it makes me want to go play with myself. But in the end, I'm one of these Star Wars rubes that loves the fantastical. I like the magic. I like the legacy. I like the family shit outside of what they did to Rey. So... While I'm excited for this Rogue One-ish series, I'm hoping that I still feel the Star Wars magic by the time I get through Episode 3. I'm okay not having Jedi. I'm okay not having the big boys and girls show up. That's not what I'm saying. I still want it to feel like Star Wars and have that magic that has kept me locked and loaded laser focus with the franchise for my entire life like i cannot remember a time period where star wars wasn't one of my favorite things to talk about think about and experience so as long as i get that star wars feel by the end i don't give a shit if there's no wizards lightsabers um cameos Easter eggs like I'm hoping there's not a lot of Easter eggs because that means I got less fucking breakdown work to do you know what I mean like I I, that's what I mean I want to take Tony at his words he's not going to give us anything easy there is no cynical placements of shit so I'm I am hoping for that let's go I I don't want to fucking break down three episodes in a row for six hours so I'm, I'm fine just having hey this was fucking cool I like this I like that I think things are gonna go there from what we saw here uh, so there, how was that? Well, he said it was a great answer, so I'll, I'll take his word for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, exactly, props. Listen, 
I can I can walk a little bit now. The next time you're getting those VIP badges fucking thrown around, call up your boy. I've got some cash. I'll fly out there. You know, maybe the the wife's company will have a a, a net jet that is making a stop out in Van Nuys or something. I'll get a free private over there. So let's do it. So th- there you go. Those are, that's yeah. that's our thoughts. You know, that's what we're looking for. And honestly, I think it, 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 we're kind of on the same page. By the end, we, we want it to feel like Star Wars, even though Tony's telling us it, it's not really for Star Wars fans. Okay? Yeah. I think that there's a good balance between like a show that has a broader appeal than just like hardcore Star Wars fans, uh, you know, and it being not Star Wars at all. Like there's definitely a happy medium that he could hit in that little zone. It's like I said, I mean, I love coming across moments where I I can see that, oh yeah, hey, that's a connection to the prequel era or hey, that's that's a foreshadowing for the sequel era beyond. But like I said, the easier these things are to break down because I don't have to get like super Star Wars lore specific, the better. So hopefully because... Uh, I, I think the biggest pain in my ass right now is it's the three episode drop. That is a monster for someone that has the diseases that I do as a Star Wars fan. Like that is a lot. You know, once we get to the one episode a week cadence, that's nothing. I actually have somewhat in, I, I kind of enjoy that process because I'll, you know, I'll watch, I'll load up our discord, which is open by the way. You can find a link in Instagram at Star Wars time show. I'll get into our spoiler channel to see, you know, what the what the West Coast had to say or if anyone in East Coast was watching it. I'll get on the Internet to verify things that I saw and then I'll grab my screens and, and, and cut a video. So it, it's almost like going to mass for me when it's just one episode. Like I, I do somewhat enjoy that. So I, I think a lot of this stress I'm feeling, Nick, is it's the. It's the, the, the notion that I may have damn near an hour and a half worth of, of content to fucking parse through and ensure that I am, you know, giving it a deep dive that super hardcore Star Wars fans could appreciate. Yeah. Okay. So, that's Andor Season 1. Because it's the 21st century, we're already talking about Andor Season 2. And our boy Tony, he's out and about. He's doing his thing. He looked great on the red carpet. I don't know if he gets those curls put in his hair or if that's just natural. Either way, he was looking good. He was looking Tony. Like, he just looks like Tony. He looks like a Tony Gilroy. I know he's Tony Gilroy, but you'll, you'll see what I mean when you look at him. He just looks like a Tony Gilroy. Um, so he sat down with the rap. And, and they're like, hey, man, hey, yeah, hey, Star Wars, did you ever think you'd be doing it or, or sticking around after Rogue One? And, you know, him, he's like, yeah, fuck, I fucking hated Star Wars. I can't believe I'm still working in it. So that, that's kind of his, uh, his, his... It's still his approach. Right, I love it. I absolutely love it. But he did reveal some things that we can kind of build upon, which um, it led, led to my other title for this week's cast in the uh, speculated Disney Plus roadmap through 2024. So here's what he has to say about his time with Star Wars and how much time he has left. I have two more years to go, you cunt. We start shooting in November on part two. And I don't know if our past pattern was two years, but I mean, I'll be on. We'll shoot from November to August. And then our post-production last time was about a year. So what he's saying there essentially is you're not going to get Andor part two, season two, you say tomato, I say tomato. You're not going to get it 
until it, at earliest 2024 because he, he yeah. his production he shoots he's going to shoot from november to august of 23 and then he'll take the next you know nine months to a year in post which means we, we should expect andor season two probably the same time it's releasing now but in 2024 uh his other quote which is just fantastic and this kind of plays into why nick and i love him uh, he he touched on his future with Star Wars beyond Andor, and 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 fans who may be suspect of his Star Wars credentials, right? You know, I mean, I I don't know why he would think that, considering he comes out and flamethrows like, "Hey, fuck it, Star Wars! I didn't really know shit about, it, didn't care much about it. I made it better. I'm Tony Gilroy." So he wonders why fans may be suspect of his love and, and embrace of Star Wars. So he goes on to reply. As suspect as my involvement in the community is, so he knows, (laughs) by the time I'm done, I'll have had my hands on 26 hours of Star Wars content. That's a flex, by the way. Like, right there, he just just puffed puffed his chest out and maybe have thrusted his bulge a bit right there. Um, I will be a player by the time we finish. This is me sticking around right now. I think that's the headline. Tony Gilroy. I fucking love this man. Process that, that, Nick. I mean, is that not the most arrogant fucking backhanded Star Wars quote you've ever heard from a Star Wars creator? It is brilliant. It's also great when you juxtapose it to the fact that Tony Gilroy hadn't worked in four years before he got the Andor job. I just love it. I mean, he's like, he pretty much says like, yo, I I know the community thinks I'm a fucking joker because of stuff I've said. Yeah, because of my own words. But then he more or less says like, listen, cunts, I'm going to have 26 hours of Star Wars content. Who else can say that, bitch? He's like, I mean, he's pretty much saying George Lucas doesn't have shit on me by the time i get done with andor i'll have my hands on more hours of star wars content than george fucking lucas i'm tony Motherfucking lucas (laughs) that's right i just i uh, love this man yeah i mean it's funny like like that's the funniest thing to me is like no matter what he does he just like he's just (laughs) the best at it but like so if you go look at his do you think this is tongue-in-cheek at all or is this a legitimate quote i think that he truly believes everything that he says about himself (laughs) because it's funny because he he don't you agree he kind of puts he puts it out there like hey i don't i don't give a shit if star wars fans ever respect me yet right here he's essentially saying to those dirty basement dweller fucks by the time I'm done, I'm going to have 26 hours of Star Wars content. I will be a player yeah. by that time. He's saying, right? But that- right? I'm going to be cool finally to you <laughs> Star Wars fans. So deep down, Nick, he does want our love. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just angling at it from a very <laughs> odd way. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, look, I like we've always said, like, I want the show to be good. I like I don't ever want any Star Wars no. content to be bad. Like. Obviously, because once you have bad content, then shit starts to roll downhill. But like, it's just the way that he's gone about it. Like, (laughs) you would think like if you didn't know anything about Tony Gilroy or there was no IMDb on the Internet, like you would think that this guy is like in demand from every corner of Hollywood. Like everybody's trying to get at him. 
He has an Oscar in every. He has he has Emmys and yeah. Oscar in every category, like not just writing, directing, yeah. acting, uh, acting, technical everything. achievement, like, you name it. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> if you look at his IMDb and you realize that the last thing that he did was write a movie called Beirut in ninth in two thousand eighteen, like then you'd be like, oh man, maybe there weren't a lot of people reaching for him yeah, <laughs> or, or like ex- super excited to get him on their staff. Like, I just, I think he's it's, brilliant. <laughs> I absolutely. He, and, and like we said, either, guy. either his cast just knows how to handle him and talk about him in interviews or they've truly bought into the Tony Gilroy because, you know, yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were making fun of it a week or two ago where Diego was essentially every question being asked to him was about Tony and every reply therefore was essentially Tony's reply or Tony's vision, yeah, Tony's exactly. mantra. So I love it. Like I said, we, we, any week we can talk about Tony Gilroy and something he said is a good week to me, even on these, these low content weeks. He's just, he's a gem. Um, but like I said, thanks to Tony pretty much laying out the, the production schedule for Andor, we can start to kind of fill in some of the, the the gaps in the upcoming schedule on Disney Plus for Star Wars show. So here we go. Um, some of these are set in stone. Others are speculated, educated guesses because we are geniuses. So up first, um, after, obviously, Andor is, um, well, I didn't put it in here, but that's going to be Tales of the Jedi. We knew that. So then it, rolling into 2023, we're going to start things off with the Bad Batch. Hopefully someday in February, we get the Mandalorian season three. Up until this time or this uh, podcast, there is no date. It's just a a month window. All right. We also have a a quarter or a seasonal window for Star Wars Vision Season 2, and that's set for spring of 23. Knowing that Ahsoka has been filming since the start, you know, the end of spring, start of summer, it's probably going to wrap any time now. There's a I'm I'm really thinking Ahsoka becomes the the uh, late spring summer show of 2023, kind of that Kenobi time slot. All right. Which then leads me to believe Skeleton Crew is going to take the the big fall window that Andor is getting this year. So I'm saying Skeleton Crew season one's fall of 23. So then we get into 24, and really after 24, it's we know nothing. But 24, we should be getting the Acolyte, which I, I don't know if it's going to come first or second. I, I don't think it's doing a bunch. Of, actually, it is doing some practical shoots, so it might take as long as Andor yeah. to film. Uh, but they both are supposed to start filming this November. So both the Acolyte and Andor Season 2 should be here in 2024. I'm guessing Acolyte goes first and they reserve Andor for its fall timeline, just just like they've done for the Mandalorian, at least for the first two seasons. And then you, you should expect to get Mandalorian season four at some point in 2024, because remember, we're not getting season three until 2023. They'll probably start shooting season four at some point in 2023 for a uh, 2024 debut. So that that's kind of a, a loose roadmap again. A lot of these are out there, have been spoken, but not given specific dates. So really just uh, Bad Batch and Tales of the Jedi at this point are the only upcoming Star Wars series with specific release dates. Uh, Remember, Tales of the Jedi, I believe, was the 26th of October, and then uh, BBS2, January 4, 2023. Okay. Yeah. 
So, um, notably on there, uh, no movies. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because let's just, let's just get into that because we did have some official movement on the movie verse and Nick said something a few minutes ago that sadly is, is true. And and it's evident now in the movie wing of star Wars. And uh, he said something like, Hey, if you know, if you, if you don't nail a star Wars project, it can have essentially a ripple effect that will affect yeah. future Star Wars for many years to come. We have literally seen it happen. Yeah, I mean, it's the TLJ <laughs> effect is what we're going to talk about right now because last week it was made official, not that this should have surprised anyone, but last week Disney finally officially removed Rogue Squadron from its 2023 lineup of um, movies. And that's it. I know a lot of of the bigger sites ran it with some clickbait. Rogue Squadron finally canceled. Okay, whatever. It's not canceled yet. It just got removed from the schedule. No one came out and said, we scrapped it. You didn't hear any announcements like Warner Brothers did with uh, the Batgirl movie. So all that happened last week was Rogue Squadron was taken off the list to debut in theaters in 2023, which... If you've been following along, duh. I mean, it, it hasn't even started shooting yet, so there's no fucking way they were going to have it ready by literally yeah. this time, maybe two months down the road next year. Um, so, like, like what Nick just said, it it is a reality. It is something that can definitely happen with the modern Lucasfilm-Disney partnership. If, if they don't make the money that the accountants told them they should have made, they will fucking pump those brakes like a motherfucker. I mean, yeah, we should still be seeing movies at this point in time, but we're not. And and Nick, at this point, twenty twenty five is almost looking like a pipe dream because there is nothing concrete in stone anymore. Rogue Squadron, yeah. there's no concrete. Taika, there's no concrete. Feige, no concrete. And finally, Ryan. He's finally back to essentially saying, please don't fire me. I want to do this again at some point. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I think what they they got really excited in the beginning because they they took this approach of like, we're going to take we're going to take filmmakers that are hot at the moment, but don't have a lot of credibility behind them. So like if we the only one who had like a lot of credibility behind him was JJ, if you look at what Ryan did before he did Star Wars, like his biggest fucking movie was Looper and like it was it was good. Um, People enjoyed it, but it wasn't like some smash hit out of, you know, like that, that like took over the world. And they got Colin because Colin had just done Jurassic World and Jurassic World was the highest grossing movie of all time before the release of the, The Force Awakens. So like you had all of these directors that were like relatively green, but they figured like we bring them in and we give them star Wars and we can make sure that they make something good. They did that with Patty Jenkins too. If you look at Patty Jenkins's credits, there's not shit on there. Like she was like prior to wonder woman, her big claim to fame was monster. Monster was that film in 2003 that came out with, uh, Charlize Theron and Christina Ricci were like Charlize won the best actress Oscar. But then after that, like that was 2003, her work after monster was she did one episode of arrested development. She did two episodes of entourage. 
She did two episodes of this show called The Killing and then a TV movie called Exposed. And then Wonder Woman came out and exploded. So Disney was like, got to get her now while she's hot. And then the, and then fucking Wonder Woman 2 came out and they were like, well, maybe maybe we Oops. jumped too soon on this. <laughs> yeah. So like Patty Jenkins wasn't like this huge successful director writer. Like she had had maybe two pieces of content that like people had heard of yeah that did well and then she puts out wonder woman 1984 and it was it was hard garbage awful and then they needed to kind of rethink their approach to it so it's i can and i can see like if you're gonna if you're gonna say i'm gonna take a at at minimum a 200 million dollar budget and give it to one person as writer and director I can see they, why they need, you would dude, be hesitant now. They with need her. to stop that shit. No more dual roles for Star Wars unless it's John Favreau or Dave Filoni. That's it. Like you, it, it's been proven the other people can't handle it. Okay, uh, yeah. maybe. Well, I don't think I don't think Gilroy wrote every episode or directed every episode. He he is more of like the showrunner, but I guess we'll we'll find out. But you are yeah. you are correct. It really doesn't it doesn't work and. It didn't really even work for George. I mean, if you watch some of these documentaries, I still have to go back and finish that Vice one because I think that one's even better than what's on Disney+. Plus. But, I mean, there's a reason George kind of stopped directing the original trilogy and just kind of focused yeah. on, on the story. So you are correct. We need to get away from that shit. Like, it's, it, it, it should not be rocket science, but it actually is for Lucasfilm. Like they, they haven't figured out, like, listen, if we want something to be a certain way, let's just fucking hire the writer to do it. And then the director directs what's on the goddamn page. That's what directors are. Like, I know we're getting into like, they got to do everything these days, but that that's not go look at a director in the uh, dictionary. They're, they're not usually the fucking screenwriter. Okay. They, they, they direct, they manage. They're there to, Take the words and turn them into moving pictures and get the most out of the crew and then obviously the cast. So, um, I I, I mean, right. Connor's in here. RJ. I mean, it's looking like Ryan Johnson. I I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm not, I, I didn't mind TLJ. I enjoyed it when I first came out of it. I was kind of moved by it. Um, over time I, I, I have, you know, there are some decisions I don't love. I've, I've, I hate talking about it because I feel like we talk about it all the time and it's just old news. But I, I mean, my biggest problem was the initial take on Luke and, and Luke kind of acting like a hard ass to Ray. I, I don't buy that. I buy everything else about Luke, but not him being just a fucking like a straight up dickhead, like throwing fucking lightsabers. That that looks weird now and the way he treated her. But I think what he was trying to do, I'm like, listen, you don't have to be a fucking Skywalker to be great in Star Wars. I loved what he was doing with Rey. And then, hey, that all got ruined. And the sequel trilogy is is the kind of mess that it is. Uh, it's almost like you kind of love to be disappointed by it at this point in time. So, um, but yeah, th- this, this whole writer-director thing that Lucasfilm seems to be in love with, uh, especially in the movie-verse, it just needs to stop. I mean... Kenobi, you you had different writer and director. Yep. Um, I hate to bring up Book of Boba Fett because a lot of people didn't like that too, but that that was mixed. I mean, th- th- there was a, a a writer and director for episodes, uh, but it does seem that and really Favreau doesn't direct that much. 
you know, yeah. he he's mostly is the main writer and then passes off directorial duties to Rick or Dave or Deb or Bryce. Um, so I, I think separation of duties is, is actually a really good thing, especially in Star Wars. Yeah, I think it's it's needed at this point. I, like over time, it's just kind of been proven that it's not going to work if you if you're going to have multiple writers and or like one writer and director and and, and you're not going to have and like you're trying to stitch together stories that multiple different writer director teams are writing. Like it's just it, you know, better, it's- like you should just have your own like have your own writing team or just like have somebody that's like on staff that you can go to to like write the stories that you, that you want to tell. I mean, I, I understand that like star Wars is a very wide open sandbox, but like not everybody needs full control of the story. That, that they're I, I mean, dude, that, that, that again, I think is a good idea because I do think star Wars is something that you can let other people play in, but there has to be fucking guardrails. And, and to ensure that is like Nick said, you almost have the, the, the story group, isn't what they say they are. Like to me, the story group, they, they should be able to come in, read any outside writer's script and say, yep, no. Okay. You suck. You're cool. Fuck you. Stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think the story group does dick shit besides make Tony Gilroy feel good about putting in a, like some lore from Wikipedia yeah. or fan fiction. I think that it, the story group is almost certainly just lore keepers at this point. They're not actually writing story they're just like keeping track of shit but lore can be affected by new stories written by people so they 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 need to to guard that shit and they clearly don't because of what happened with the with the sequel trilogy so yeah it it is it's almost like they they need an internal lucasfilm writing department i know that sounds kind of fascist like hey you you got to direct what we're telling you to but you would get that quality control back you would uh (laughs) But you, you know what, Nick? As we're just sitting here fucking spinning our wheels on this, look at Tyka's deal, or supposed deal. Look at Ryan's deal. Same shit. They get to write and fucking direct. So they haven't learned a goddamn thing when it comes to at least the Star Wars movie verse. So that's why I think it's only a matter of time before the inevitable, oh, yep, Tyka's shelved or we don't know or delayed till 2030 and... Yeah, Ryan, we just, he's, you know, maybe 2040. I, I just, I don't know. I, I really am once, and you're right, this, this isn't a surprise to me, but the fact that they are just now officially taking it out of business listings and out of their, you know, th- this probably was in a fiscal plan at some point for Disney. And the fact that they're having to take all this shit out, I mean, that that's, we, we may have seen the last Star Wars movie, which would have been The Rise of Skywalker. Um, for possibly the next decade, which is which is crazy, based on the first ever roadmap that Lucasfilm and Disney showed us when they they bought this baby from George. Yeah, because that was we're doing the sequel trilogy, and in between each movie, we're doing Star Wars stories to start really fleshing out singular popular characters, and we got one of those, and then everything got blowed up. It was like 2017 into 2018. That was the death of the plan and they have not recovered the movie side. Um, How much do you think the success of the TV side is also playing a role in the delay of movies? 
That's a hard question. Or, or do you think it's purely like they're they're just so scared about not making a billion again and offending cellar dwellers? Like, what what do you think the big delay here is? I really, really think that on the movie side, it's like because usually, I mean, this is such a hard thing because there's not a lot of like units like this. There's not a lot of like companies that have like specific TV and film departments for one property. And like the, the only know. one that's even close to it is Marvel. Um, and, and they're they're They seem to be yeah. fine churning out TV and yeah. movies. Still. I, I think that the big thing that's preventing them from, from doing movie shit is like essentially their last three movies have just been hard shit on like, and like it, it's hard to, to, to bounce back after something like that, especially when you have uh, like, you know, the, the brand is such like a fire starter online. And like, you, you can't right. like at this point with Marvel, you can like put out a piece of middling content. Like people didn't like Thor love and thunder, but are they fucking attacking everybody who is associated with it? Or are they saying that they're going to fucking burn no. down Taika Waititi's house? Because no, like, I, I mean, yeah, they, they had like a shit fit because they, they didn't think, uh, what, what was the big thing with Thor? I, I didn't even see it, but like, they just thought it was too funny. Right. They were like, they were, this was like a con. Like, yeah. Like it was a little too slapsticky. Yeah. yeah. But like if, if, I mean, and we've seen it already, if like people hate star Wars, they'll fucking send hate mail, threaten to kill people, like start doxing <laughs> people and stuff like the, 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 the people within the fan base are just more rabid and like, They've seen yeah. s- our fans are a little more MAGA yeah. like the, the, the Star Wars wing gets a little more MAGA like than the Marvel people. And like it's hard to and then when you well one when you see like the people that you've already hired to do something like fumble as hard as Patty did with fucking with Rogue or not with Rogue Squadron but with 1984 and then also see the blowback to that you have to delay it because you're like if we if we put out Rogue Squadron and it's shit too, then not only are we gonna look bad, people are gonna point and you've, say like you've burned a yeah, bridge. Yeah, like people are gonna yeah, say like bridge. you didn't know that this was coming after this shit show she just put out. Um, yeah, yeah, I just think it's hard. Good it's point. it's a big investment and it's also a big property, and you can't put out four movies in a row that people shit on, like regardless of whether it's yeah. worth it or not, like. You know, like people unjustly shit on Solo. I think that that's probably starting to be realized now. And over the last year or so, people are like starting to come. Oh, 100%. Like, they're starting to realize like, oh, we were mean to Solo for no reason just because we were assholes. Solo, <laughs> Solo paid a dear price for the, the perceived sins of The Last Jedi. Yeah. It did. I mean, all those poor motherfuckers that worked on that and essentially had a guaranteed trilogy deal inked, they all paid dearly because of perceived sins of The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson, which is odd. I, I still blame Iger, too, for not moving it to fucking December from March, even after all the fuck-ups with the directors and the delays. I mean, I think everyone forgets how wonky Solo's development was, and th- they were, like, still doing shoots two or three months before it was supposed to come out, and Iger's like, no, we want to keep the schedule clean for Mary fucking Poppins. Because I, I think, Nick, don't you agree, if you kind of let some of that TLJ hate simmer for almost a year, that... It calms down. Some of those people, you know, like these, like, I'm not, I'm not buying this shit, you know. Well, I was listening to Howard, I guess there's some big hubbub about Cracker Barrel now, Nick, because they're offering 
plant-based sausage. So that- they are now a liberal cucktard woke company because it's not like they replaced the meat. They're just offering a, a for people yeah, that want to try like, the hey, veggie man. meat. But yeah, so people then, you know, they start the cancel culture shit and the, the, the wokeness and what. It's just like, yeah, everyone wants to be angry. Yeah. Grievance culture is our culture now. That's yeah. it. Like uh, people just want to always be pissed off. Like it, it makes them feel good. It makes them feel like they have a voice and someone's listening. Yeah. And um, Star Wars is a huge victim of that. And and that's really what has happened to the movie verse. So I think you're right. I think it's almost uh, they'll never come out and say, like, we're not doing something because other people are don't like us. But that's exactly what it is. And I think it's a it's a delay tactic. Like, let's take their toy away. And in 10 years, as much as they hate us now, they're going to be fucking screaming for that toy again when we when we give it back. Yeah, to I also like so I, I, you want to find a good story to tell. Like you want to find a story that's like this is going to be different. This is going to be something that excites the base again. This is going to be something that gives a fresh take on Star Wars. And realistically, I don't think that Rogue Squadron was it. Like I think that Rogue Squadron could be a good movie. I do. But I don't think that it's something that's going to like that you're going to put out that's going to ignite the the base again. Like, I don't think that that's the one to do it because realistically, like it's a movie about characters that we already are familiar with. It's a it's a movie that's playing in the same sandbox that they've said that they're finished playing in, but they continue to play in like. And that's why I think that I was more excited for Tyka's project, because it's like from all that we know about it it was going to be something that was in a sandbox that we've never played in before. It was going to include characters that we have no well, idea. I mean, about. it's Taika, yeah. you know, it's going to be batshit fucking crazy, yeah. like almost offensive crazy to some people. Yeah. You so, know, I mean, if, if you don't get Taika, I can see how his work, especially now as he's getting more and more confident in bigger projects could rub people the wrong way. That's I, I kind of enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder because it's so fucking goofy. Yeah. I mean, it, it is like a Monty Python take on Thor, but that that's Taika. Like, have people been watching his recent stuff? He's into those types of conversations, which are just pure silliness. Yeah. Like, his his dialogue is purposely written to be fucking yeah, silly. Yeah, I mean, go watch any of his shows. Go, I mean, go watch Our Flag Means Death. Go watch... Um, oh, that that is... that That's a great example of... Taika yeah. like to me that's as Taika as things get right now because every line spoken you 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 can sense that it came from that dude's brain because he has a very specific voice and cadence to how he writes his characters yeah. so yeah um, I mean yeah I, I honestly think a Taika movie would would be the next incendiary bomb to be honest yeah <laughs> I really I, I think mean, he would he would make people's heads so explode like from a from a movie making standpoint. Like, what do you do? Like, you have three directors hired that are working on three different projects or hired. Uh, dude, I, whatever, I you know, I, I mean, it, it, you're I'll give you an answer that I know you're not going to want to hear. I think their best bet to have a, a guaranteed hit. Both, you know, critically and financially. Is to take if they go for it, the the big crossover event and create a Mandalorian Mandoverse 
film. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I, with that. I, I think that's I think that's their easiest path to not ruffling feathers and trying to get back in uh, the good graces with a bro- broader uh, group of Star Wars fans. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I mean, it's kind of a cop out, but you know what I mean? Like it, it's established. They love it. It would be this this crossover event. It would kind of be like the Infinity War Endgame. Uh, I, I would almost prefer that over a, a just a, an episode. You know what I mean? I, I would want if we're gonna cross over, you know, multiple seasons of Ahsoka and and book and Mando. Let's let's fucking do it. Let's do it on the big screen, two and a half hour, two plus hour event. Yeah. So that that's just again, it, and it's cheap. It's a cop out. It's pretty much the same thing Star Wars has been doing since its inception. Just Let's put out, let's give them exactly what they want. Skywalker saga, Skywalker saga, stuff tied to the Skywalker saga. So that that's that's my my answer to at least, uh, it would almost be like a mea culpa, you know, a, a cop-out slash mea culpa yeah. on Disney's part. I mean, it's 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 hard. Like, it's, I, I don't think that we'll ever be back in a, in a situation with Star Wars movies where we're going to see them as frequently as we were when, when Disney first got them, because I, I just don't think that the fan base or the other direction you go is you say, fuck what everybody thinks, because we've seen play out over, you know, over the, the, the post-release window of the prequel trilogy that like, you know, our audience finds itself like, you know, like the people who these movies are written for, will age give them yeah. time give them a decade yeah, or like two they'll, 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 like they'll, <laughs> they'll come they'll back come and, to you it. know like they they like when we put out but it's also you know right. like you can't you can't necessarily do that like you can't you know and i just uh, yeah you're i mean dude, hard. They're, you're they're limited because we do now have three defined eras Right. I mean, I forget all the new ages they have. There's like fucking 85 ages now. Age of rebellion, age of the empire, age of resistance, age of Mandalorian. Who the fuck knows? Um, so to do something completely new, you really would either have to go way into the future. That's about yeah. it. Because we, we have non-canon stuff way into the past. We have canon stuff not too far back in the past thanks to high republic bat was bringing that up and i think bat's got a point i i, I know with like hardcore nerdy star wars high republic they, they've kind of dug but i i honestly think the reason it hasn't caught on is because they did it the wrong way uh, in my opinion star wars was never a a a written medium it was started as a movie yeah and if if you really want to pull in the base at large to a whole new era, a whole new way of of telling Star Wars, all new major characters outside of Yoda, you got to give us us um, troglodytes some moving images moving to get us excited. Yes, you know, tickle our tits. You, you can't just expect people like myself or even Nick these days to read a book. No. I even tried doing the comics and after a while, I was just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I love my other Star Wars comics because I have those connections to the movies that I can make the through lines to like, oh, this is what Luke was doing in between Empire and Return of the Jedi, which I know I've seen. It happens. He moves. It's neat. So I, I think that's part of the reason High Republic hasn't quite exploded because I, I do think it is an interesting era of Star Wars, but... 
not for dummies like me that aren't into reading about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing too. Same for me is like, I've had trouble like getting into the higher public books because usually what pulls me into the books is like when there's content that like video content, movies, TV shows or whatever yes. that like leads me into it, you know, like that's why I started reading the books where I did because I've, watched all of the Star Wars movies and I got to the end of episode six and I was like, well, what happens after this? Like, yep. and that's what led me into it with the high Republic. They like hard launched it as only books without any accompanying yeah, just, content. And it's just like, it's harder for me to just straight pick up, uh, you know, uh, a book without any context. I'm, really. I, I'm just with you, man. We're, we're like, we're the opposite of how people are supposed to be right. You're supposed to read and then go see what the moving pictures version is like. And that's always supposed to be less than the, the book version. But like you, I, I kind of need to be enticed to go back and then read books. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling this way uh, the same way I did with game of Thrones. I didn't even know George Martin was a person or game of Thrones was a fucking thing until HBO because they made it move. And then I realized, and I look back, I'm like, Christ, this guy was writing these books when I was in fucking high school. Yeah. I mean, I went almost two decades not knowing about one of the greatest, most comprehensive fantasy works of all time. And the only reason I learned about it was because of a fucking show. But like Nick said, once I saw Game of Thrones season one and it ended, I was like, no fucking way am I waiting I like this shit so much. I love the lore so much. I need to know more. I need to know what's going to happen. I need to know what happened before. And I went right out there and got all the books that uh, Big Man had written. And I'm still waiting for six and seven to, to actually see the real finish to A Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire. So I'm with you. And I, and I do. I, I think we're right. In fact, I know we're right. That's why the High Republic has not blown up. You got to give... People like us, people like our fans, some moving pictures. It's just reading books is way too much to ask of a Star Wars fan. All right. So there you go. If you're uh, waiting or getting excited for Star Wars movies, punch yourself right now. It ain't happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly think it'll be closer to 2030 than 2025 before we actually get a movie in theaters. They'll be talking about them a lot, but I, I really don't think you're going to actually be in a theater even at 2025 at this point. Yeah, it, it's hard. Unless there's like something that's going on that they haven't told us about. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, uh, yeah. It's wild. But at least we got Disney Plus yeah. and shows like The Acolyte. And, uh, it's weird, man. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if Deadline has a mole within the Acolyte crew or what, but over the past two weeks, they've essentially exposed the cast at large. Uh, so if you're new here, the Acolyte is, is a Disney Plus show. It's being ran by Leslie Headland, who did Russian Doll with uh, Natasha Leone on Netflix. Uh, it's going to be set, I believe, 100 years before the events of TPM at the tail end of the High Republic era. And obviously, it's going to follow. Uh, what we believe is going to be a, a young woman who probably has some form of force sensitivity, but due to whatever, potentially Jedi and, and family members, 
she decides to focus on the dark side and probably become the acolyte. So uh, really, all we know officially is the, the setting, the title, and that Amanda Stenberg is the lead. Outside of that, like last week, we, we talked about Lee Jong-jae being rumored cast as the male lead in Acolyte. He's the Squid Game star. Uh, Jody Turner-Smith was another rumor that Deadline dropped uh, in regards to joining the Acolyte. And then last week, after we recorded, they Deadline revealed that Manny Jacinto, apparently a lot of you that were fans of uh, The Good Place, I think, I guess he's a, a, a main character in that. Uh, but he's been added to the cast. So Manny Jacinto has joined the Acolyte cast. Now, for now, we're calling it a rumor because Lucasfilm has not confirmed. So Manny's joining Lee, Jody, and Amanda, and this next dude we're about to talk about. I thought he was in something that I thought was quite popular, and I must not have covered Charlie it. Charlie Barnett? Does this... Or... Uh, Manny Jacinto. Oh, he was in the Good Place. The Good Place, yes. right? That, yeah, that's he was. He was what he's Jason for in right the now. Good Place, which I mean, he was like the so, comedic, like the. I mean, the whole show was comedy, but like he was like the stupid comedy guy from that show. Got yeah, got like the dopey yeah. guy. All right, so um, you know, I'm digging it. I I I I've never seen that show, so I don't quite it's know great. Uh, about his talent, but. But but reading about it, it seems like they 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 dig this guy and they dig the character and and uh, apparently ladies like the look of Manny. I guess he's got good bone structure from what I have learned. <laughs> uh, I I don't know, Nick. I mean, can you can you judge someone's bone structure? I, Is that something you're familiar not, with? Not good at at judging bone okay. structure. <laughs> yeah, me me neither. I mean, again, I'm a caveman. I, I when I look at other people, I'm like, okay, they're fat or they're not fat. I mean, that, that's pretty much how I I look at it. I'm not. I guess you have more bone structure the the less large you have on like, your skeleton. Like the only thing that I'm familiar with is like like people are like ha- J- jaw yeah jaw, jaw line. Or, like people can like look or, at a jawline cheek like high cheekbones yeah some <laughs> shit like that. But like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, how's my bone structure? I'm like, yeah, it looks like I'm trying to take a dump right now. I mean, now. I will say um, that like I don't know what the tone of the acolyte is going to be. Obviously, I don't think anybody does. I'm hoping dark, man, yeah, right? I, I mean, it should be fairly dark and be. brooding. But um, I will say that, like, the only thing I've seen him in is The Good Place. And if it is going to be kind of like a darker, grittier show, he's going to have to play a character that is very, very different than what we've seen in The Good Place. So. Okay. Now, I, again, this is me just being a white guy. Um, you know, both he and Lee are of Asian descent. Is there, do you think they are their characters are kind of tied together or is just the, the acolyte just going for, uh, you know, more diversity to piss off people that hate wokeness as they Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I don't think that they'll be like linked or anything, or at least there's no reason for me to believe that yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's that, that's a hard kind of judgment call to make. And by the way, I I'm digging this. Like I, 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 I can't wait till this is all made official because the, the woke, or the hating woke Star Wars fans are going to go nuts. There's not a fucking single white guy in this thing. I, uh, Disney's so woke. It, the acolytes <laughs> woke. Boycott. Boycott. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. Yeah. 
And, and I can tell you right now, in 2024, whenever this comes out, we're going to have that sad social media post from Lucasfilm defending all of the people of color in this yeah, cast. Yeah, more than likely. <laughs> and, and now it's not going to be just one person. They're going to have to do it for the, the whole, whole cast. fucking cast because of you troglodytes out there that are so insecure about your whiteness. Yeah. Like, it, it's like here's like what more more what i'm concerned about is like just hire good actors like i don't i don't care yeah you know like i I know that that manny jacinto is a good actor i watched him for four seasons on the good place the whole thing and he was fucking fantastic like he was one of my favorite characters because he was just good well then that's all i care about he was so offbeat he was like funny in a different way in a in a in a or in like a cast that were all funny people but like he was the guy that stood out so I was like, wow, okay, they cast him in there. And he was like, definitely like one of the funnier members of that show. Um, I mean, Lee Jong Jay, I mean, like if you watch Squid Game, you know that like he, his acting alone is what drew or like his acting was one of the main things oh, that yeah. drew in a crowd of people that don't even speak Korean. Like, um, I mean, I don't know. I like, I'm not familiar with Amanda Stenberg's work, but I'm assuming that they're really good. Hunger Games, buddy. Rue. Oh, yeah, Rue. yeah. She was decent yeah, as yeah. a kid actor. So. Great great as Rue in Hunger Games. I don't know any of the stuff that they've done since then, but I'm all for it. And then also this next one coming up, like Charlie Barnett. I'm not 100% sure yeah, let's, about let's his, you know. Russian Doll. He, he's, the, he's the other lead in Russian Doll, well, by go. the that way. That makes so sense because it's it, Leslie. It, it, it's him and... Him and Natasha are the leads, at least in the in the first two seasons. Second season was definitely not as good as the first season, but um, yeah, and, and he's a good actor in that. Like he he can kind of play a a dopey guy, a caring guy, a uh, strong guy, an inquisitive guy, a, a sweet guy. I mean, re- really, Charlie in Russian Doll kind of runs the gamut with his character, okay. who you know kind of starts as someone that wants to kill themselves and then eventually finds some hope and some joy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, and there, there's no details on who these people are playing. Uh, we don't even know who Amanda is playing. We can just assume since she was named or named as an official cast member, she's probably the acolyte. It just makes sense. She's going to be the face, the main. Yeah. Uh, but but no one knows who who Charlie will be playing, who Manny could be playing, Jody or or Lee. You you, you just have to assume that. Uh, I, I don't know. Some of these people are probably going to be good. They're probably going to be potentially Jedi family members that aren't just all about learning about the, the Sith religion. Uh, but others you, you have to think are going to be very nefarious. Uh, and they're going to be interesting interpretations of the, of the Sith. Cause at this point in time, the galaxy is still under the impression that the Sith are gone. Yeah. Uh, that they they no longer exist. I mean, they they haven't been around the High Republic era, and that that's why the Jedi become these great like uh, Renaissance style uh, settlers of the of the unknown regions of the galaxy. That they, they have no they have no real challenge outside of a, a a fucking gang, and then some sentient plants that know about the dark side. Um, so. The galaxy doesn't know. I mean, the rule of two is in play, but no one knows that there is a Sith Lord and potentially someone learning to be the, the, the acolyte, which is their term for, you know, Padawan, apprentice, you name it. 
Um, Darth Bane, Nick, what's his timeline? I, he's not. Bane's like he's not that far. No, Bane's a, Bane's further back than the acolyte. He's like a thousand. So like, well, at least the established canon timeline of the Old Republic from like back in the day was like Darth Revan was like three thousand ish years before um, Phantom Menace, and then Darth Bane was like a thousand ish years before. The Phantom okay. Menace. So there was, right. and then this is like Acolyte supposed to be like two hundred years before Phantom Menace. So we're still pretty far away from from that. But w- we kind of have to assume that that the dark side, at least through the rule of two, has been able to exist under the radar for those thousand years, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's really not, and it, it's truly not until the Phantom Menace where the Jedi start to sniff that the dark side could be returning. So think about that. I mean, literally, we're talking thousands of years, the, the dark side users were able to stay stealth. You know what I mean? They, they, were, they were able to stay off the radar. And it, and it is, I'm, at least in my head, I'm thinking that the Acolyte is going to be some of their first movements to maybe uh, make their, themselves a bit more, a bit more public. Uh, Bat was asking about Plagueis. So yeah, Plagueis very well could be yeah, around at this definitely time. Definitely is is open uh, for I, I know I know he's not a human, so but I forget his exact race. So I mean there's obviously a chance that he he has a longer lifespan than a humanoid would. I mean he's a humanoid, but he's not a yeah, human. I, I think that he is like does have a, a a longer lifespan. It says that I mean his his death, his year of death is 32 years before the Battle of Yavin, which is how they measure time in Star Wars. What the fuck? So, how does that even that's, work? It's like what, that that's in the middle of the fucking prequels. Yeah. You know, I mean that that Palpatine's already in play. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's literally like the Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's I don't know. I mean, like, I don't let me see what this is like referencing because this is on, you know, the Star Wars fandom wiki and stuff like all that. Right, all right. Well, you know, may, maybe Sheev took him out right before he became Supreme Chancellor. Yeah. But so, it's, so this is what it says. It says in the Phantom Menace, Yoda states that there could be only be one, uh, two Sith Lords at a time, a rule of two is placed, blah, blah, blah. In Star Wars The Clone Wars, episode sacrifice, since Darth Sidious and Darth Maul were the two Dark Lords during the Phantom Menace, which Star Wars... Uh, which Star Wars Galactic Atlas dates to 32 BBY, um, and that Plagueis and Sidious's uh, master Plagueis would have had to be the yeah uh, alongside yeah. So they're saying that that event likely happened in 32 BBY. So just Sidious Sidious um, killing overtaking yeah, his master killing his master okay. now All right. in. I'll see what date they... So Sidious, if you're saying that, then Sidious was an acolyte for a, a, a long while, fucking time. A while, yeah. Um, and All it... Right. Yeah, and, and it says that... So yeah, so, so they're Plagueis saying that he killed his around. master like right fucking before the start of the Phantom Menace. The Phantom. All right. Okay. So, so yeah, Plagueis should be, should be viable for the acolyte. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, he should so. he should be. We're getting here. 
bat bat said he saw he doesn't know for sure but it looking like he can live a hundred plus years yeah he's a so, he's yeah. a mun m-u-u-n moon mun um something like that okay and he they do have an average lifespan that's over yeah i mean years. he would i mean if if what nick is saying is true then plagueis almost has to be the main sith lord during the acolyte time yeah if they i mean again like i don't know how hard like you would imagine that he does. You would imagine that he would be the one. And the, the Acolyte, maybe he's like flowing through different Acolytes, just like all Sith Lords do. Like you have, you know, one fucking, you know, Padawan, and then that you kill that one and you move on to another one. Right. So like maybe, yeah. I mean, it, from, from the dark side perspective, you fail as a master if your Acolyte doesn't kill you. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, I mean, that's... And that, I love it. I mean, that's why you got to love the bad guys. Like literally for the good guys, you, you, you succeed as a master. If your student doesn't fall to the dark side and becomes a beacon of light on the dark side, you fail. If you don't get killed by your acolyte, literally like that, that's their, that's how they ascend on the dark side. You, you have to kill your fucking master and then take on your own apprentice. You gotta love yeah. it. So yeah, I, I could see masters wiping out their acolytes if, if they didn't and feel like they could be. We, um, yeah. I mean, they like if ahead, he's, I'm, if he's strong enough or you, if you don't think that he was going to be strong enough, you just fucking kill this guy. But all like another yeah. possibility is ca- canonically like in Canon, Darth Sidious's or Darth Plagueis's master was Darth Tenebris. And, you know, maybe he's still around at this point, because if your Mun lifespan is like roughly 100 years, then maybe like we're talking about Darth Tenebris, maybe Darth at this time, Plagueis is not a master yet. Um, And he was canonically introduced in uh, the 44th issue of uh, of Star Wars uh, magazine in 2015. So this is like, this is when Canon was still like, this is when Canon was like being Canon again. Like this wasn't like prior to Canon. This is like, now he's Canon again. So I would think just because, you know, it's almost a meme itself. Have you ever heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the wise that they would probably lean that way because it just has more, you know, more, more people are in the know, but you never know. Maybe Tony Gilroy got in the ear of Leslie and she, he was like, don't do any cynical cameos. So she's like, all right, fuck it. I'll go for a, a, a no name Sith Lord, this Darth <laughs> Tenebris or whoever. Like you see, you know, it's, it, it's, it's really fucking hard to tell going back. But that's, what's exciting about it is like, maybe they do go with Darth Tenebris or maybe they say like, Hey man, he was only mentioned in like one fucking issue of, Star Wars nothing back in 2015 we can nix him because nobody will even know who he is anyway and then have this opportunity to make up somebody new like you know now do you would you want it to be because I I mean I guess we could argue that the 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 acolyte and whoever dark side people the acolyte rub shoulders with they could just be like the cult people that hung out on Exegol. They could well. be. They could be like you know, Sith like the, loyalists they, or it, something like that. Yeah, exactly. So I mean I mean may I I'm hoping it is one of the masters of uh, the dark side, just because I think that would be more lore rich. But uh, I think you could get away with well yeah these are just those nut jobs that were. 
they've always fought around Sith Lords and essentially they are their gods. They worship them. They, they chant for them. They're, they're, they're like monks almost. Uh, but I, I am hoping for a, a more direct connection to existing Star Wars than just, oh yeah, there's just dark side loyalists. Like, yeah, that's a little too vague for me. Uh, but I, I do think the Acolyte in our head, because we know nothing outside of it should deal with the dark side and and their struggle against the light and, and Jedi. Uh, it has very high potential for me. Yeah. Because you don't... Has there ever been a, a Star Wars story told from the perspective of, of bad guys, like solely from the bad team? Yeah, I mean... I don't, I don't think, think so, so because what that I, I that's exactly of. what I was going to say is like, didn't, wasn't Chirrut referred to as like an acolyte of the, like, I mean, I know he was a guardian of the wills, but like, wasn't he an acolyte of that temple? Right. Maybe I'm thinking I, about I that wrong, remember. but like an acolyte is just like a follower of whatever. Right. I, yeah. But in, in star Wars, it's kind of become synonymous with, like dark with side people. instead of a, instead of a Padawan, you're, you're an acolyte. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, like Sith, they, uh, Sidious wasn't calling Maul my Padawan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Hey, Hey, yeah, you see my new acolyte, this dude with the fucking face paint and horns on his head. He's a real badass. shit like that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for this one, even though I really think it is going to ruffle the fuck out of sensitive people's feathers. Again, that these people that, don't like the term woke or think it means something that it doesn't uh, because of the cast, because it's, it's ran by a female and this is all sad stuff to speak, but you all know it's fucking true. Okay. It's going to happen. You're going to get the backlash. You're going to get the official Lucasfilm uh, apology. And it's just, it's, it's a shame, but I'm holding out hope that the acolytes just going to be something unlike we we've ever seen yeah i think so too because uh, it's the bad guys i mean this is maybe it will show us not that we need to see it like this is what it would be like if we got to follow the fucking empire through vader like that's what we want it's okay to look at the bad guys as good guys for a series or two right let's cheer for the dark side i'm all for it all right dude what are we at? Almost about two hours. I might as well just get right into the fan segment then. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Do you got the cards? Uh, yeah. It takes like five minutes. You got the cards? Got Let's the do card. it. I, I need a little. All right. We're, we're just going to do a little five question Matt Mando game. It's been a few weeks. And then we'll get into this week's version of the fan segment, which I'm uh, guessing is going to be a bit lackluster because it was another shitty question of the week. We had some responses. So while Nick is... Nick's picking out the cards. If you're new here, we do the Matt Mando game when time allows. It's probably going to go away for the foreseeable future because next week we're back to the vintage, some say infamous, Star <laughs> Wars time show deep dives into a Star Wars show or film. Uh, so what we do here sometimes to fill some time, Nick's got this Mandalorian card trivia game. He's going to ask me questions, and if I know them without using a lifeline i get two points if i need a lifeline they go down to one if i get it correct and if i fail i will probably stop the show <laughs> like if, if i can't get one of these correct after getting the four options revealed i should no longer be able to sit in this chair 
All right, Nick. So here we go for the next installment of the Matt Mando game. All right, here we go. So this, so this is the way it works. There's, there's five questions. I have five cards pulled here. This is a Mandalorian card trivia game. You can get it on Amazon if you want to play at home. Oh, my armpits are getting sweaty already. <laughs> Just look it up. Um, there are one point questions and two point questions. I only ask Matt the two point questions. Most of the questions have. Um, Multiple choice responses. This one that we're going to do first is the first one that I believe is true or false question. So a little bit oh of a change. Boy. Okay. 50, um, 50, 50, 50. So the way that I present them is if it is a multiple choice question, I will give Matt the question first and then he can choose to have me give him the multiple choice or not. Right. If he chooses for multiple choice, we dock him half a point. Um, and call him a and loser. And call him a loser and everything else. So, um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, come on. Oh, man. Here we go. All right. So, first question is, true or false, the wielder of the Darksaber has the right to lay claim to the Mandalorian throne. This is a hard... <laughs> I will say this, that I'm not going to dock you for, for this one. I'll, I'll ask this, and then you have your yeah, answer, they- because there is some... There is some, like, other things more than just having the dark so i i i think i know what you're where you're going for so the first thing i'm gonna say here is that there there's a big caveat and this should not be a true or false answer true or false does not work for the way this question was asked and i'll explain why as i answer if you are just holding the dark saber as in picking it up and holding it you cannot lay claim to the throne of mandalore you have to physically win it in combat. Yes. Doesn't mean you have to kill your opponent, but you have to win it in combat. They either give it to you or you slay them. That's the only way you can lay claim to the Mandalorian yes. throne. So, so it's absolutely not a true or false reply, but there you go. I still you got, got it right. So th- their reply <laughs> or their answer was true. Yeah, let me hear this shit. What, so what, they what, said what true. The wielder of the Darksaber has the right to claim, like, claim to the Mandalorian throne. But Matt actually gave the correct answer. You have to win the, the uh, Darksaber Thank in you. combat in order to be able to lay claim to the Mandalorian. Right. Whoever wrote that question should be fired. Yes. Um, next up. There's, All right, feeling good. On which planet did Mando finally reunite a creature looking for her husband? Oh, fuck. The, after I give you the responses or the choices, you will be able to I, I know the that. exact, I, I mean, I could tell you the characters. I could tell you the season, the episode number. Oh, yeah. It's S2E3. What was the planet name, though? I need the options. Yeah, Fuck. I know. So the options really make it obvious. So it's either A, Alderaan, B, Tatooine, or C, Trask. Oh, yeah, Trask, obviously. obviously. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I would have never, for some reason, that name completely got deleted yeah. from my head. It was you. such like a... I'm sorry. It was such a like a quick hitter. Like you're not spending a lot of time uh, on this planet. There was nothing really big that happened on that planet other than like the introduction of the Night Owls. So like after that, you're like, well, what the fuck? That's pretty fucking big. I, I can't. I mean, I blew it. Uh, I'm a loser. Okay. I All right. You. Let's go. I didn't get. I didn't fully get it wrong, but I got docked a point. So I do. 
I do feel kind of like a dope right Very now. True. But okay, question three. Question what do we got? three. Let me, let me redeem myself. Okay, so this is another one where it's like the question without the without the responses may be a little weird, but it says, where does Pelimoto live? And Okay, well, she lives on Tatooine okay. in Mos Eisley. Correct, Mos Eisley. Because the... Yes! The responses were most Pelgo, do, do, most Eisley. Do they want to know who she lives with? She lives with three pit droids, <laughs> R5, and now a, a BD-style yeah. droid. Not BD-1, but a BD-style droid. Thank you. Well done. And she fucks Jawas. It does. We have, that is actually canon. <laughs> canon. Yeah. Canon, bitch. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Next up. What was stolen by raiders right. in the quiet Sorgon village? Oh, man. This is a fucking hard one, actually. So the source, the Sorgon village is the village from episode or season right. one where we meet. Well, they, I, I mean, I, I could be mistaken, but I thought they were, they were stealing their, their food and resources. Right. So, yeah. So, so here are the, I mean, here are the responses. Is it a krill B Bantha C crops and like, yeah, it's, their food. it's krill, but like, ah! so it's, it's, <laughs> the show <laughs> show's over show's He's over wrong. i just got one wrong ah yeah oh, so, okay well krill oh my god so krill were the little like you know the little guppies or whatever like the little yeah the shit the shit in those little like wicker fucking things exactly and that's why like i mean i i you stuff. know i i generalize as like their resources their food i mean i think that'd work but since it was specific i fucking failed i <laughs> fucking failed i should have asked for the responses i failed oh, you no. anakin i have failed you all right last Man. one oh These two dude point questions i've never are missed one trickier. Oh, oh how are messages often being delivered to characters in the Mandalorian? So that's without the responses. With the responses, it's going to be super easy. Uh, well, I mean, hologram. That is correct. Hologram. Okay. Your other your All other right. choices Whew. were letters or voice calls. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, Mando, he's a big fan of yeah, the snail mail. Yeah. I mean, snail mail in space, nothing it's better. All, yeah, yeah. Letters? Letters? Like, letters. again, who the fuck is writing these cards? Letters? <laughs> but yeah, Sor- Sorgon Krill. Generations of farmers have seeded blue go- glowing Sorgon Krill oh, in the pools dotting man. the serene lands. Nick's rubbing it in. He's, he even went to Wikipedia to just let me know that this I suck and don't know shit about the Mandalorian. Official Star Wars <laughs> data bank. So that's that's what it was oh, for. But, uh, dude. That one's a tough one. Sorgon oh, Krill, man. man. I gotta say, it, it's hard. Well, I mean, if I w- would have just been patient and, and taken the, the one point doc and had you read me the, the shit, I might have got closer. Yeah. But fuck. <laughs> oh man. I really I mean I really do. I feel like a loser. But oh well, we'll move on. So that's always fun when we got time. Except when I except lose. I don't I feel lose. great right now about myself. I, I feel like less of a Star Wars fan currently. But oh well. Speaking of Star Wars fans, we have made it to the Star Wars Time Show fan segment. That's right. Every week we dedicate a segment not just to Star Wars fans in general, but the ones that we've somehow convinced to follow along with us every week on the Star Wars Time Show, either in the live stream 
or listening on podcast platforms. So the first way to get in is through our question of the week. We host it over on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. It's quite simple. You just have to look for it in our stories or in the post. Read it. Use your brain. Then use your digits to type a reply. Uh, depending on your reply or how many replies, really, that, that seems to be the big uh, measurement these days, we will read and discuss your comment on the show. So this week's question was, what are you most excited about for the three-episode premiere of Andor? Nick, I'll start with uh, the one story, and then I'll turn over the comments to you. Uh, we can always count on our boy Ripic Tan for a story reply, and I know we did him last week, but uh, I, I didn't see many others, so I was like, fuck it, might as well go with it. This means it was another shitty question. I don't know what Nick is going to find, so I'm going to run with it. So here's what Ripic had to say. I'm just stoked in general to finally see this show that was announced a while ago. I think he's writing a little rap right there, a rhyme, that no one seemed to care about for a long time. It's kind of like a haiku. <laughs> and now it looks like one of the best Star Wars shows via the marketing and trailers. And I'm pumped to most likely be talking like Scat's Guard's character all week. Guards. So if you're not familiar with Scat's Guard, that is the relative of the Scar's yeah. Guards that really enjoy shit videos. Okay. <laughs> so if you didn't know that, there is a Scat's Guard family out there. all right <laughs> nice. so um yeah yeah i i yeah i mean it, he is right it is a show that it, it it's it was announced even before kenobi was officially announced so we're, we're talking probably 2019 ish yeah. you know right around when disney plus came out and it did just kind of disappear because a mandalorian took over and dominated our imaginations but now that it's here and ready to uh, be birthed unto the world i think some people are like oh shit this thing has the, some chops. Yeah. All right, Nick, go ahead. Take Star take Wars Black Series clip says, I think I'm most excited to see what stage the rebellion is in at the start of the series. And if there was a catalyst that really pushed Mon Mothma over the edge to get I deeper like involved. I like that. Yeah. Yes. And then he says he's also yes. looking forward to seeing Cassian infiltrate the Empire for, for the set designs, potential cameos and interactions he has while inside. So stoked for this. Well, hold on. We got to remind Black Series Clips that cameos is a bad word <laughs> when we're talking yeah. about a Tony Gilroy produced Star Wars There are property, no cameos. So. The only character that you know in this show is going to be Cassian Andor because he has to be That's in it. it. He, Tony was specifically and Saul. That's told. It. And Saul. <laughs> like, they told him specifically, they're like, you have to have Cassian in the show. The show is named Andor. It's named after Cassian Andor. He has to be in the show. So. That's why he's in it. Um, next up, Johnny Osage Av says, I'm most excited about Haywood Pop incredibly lightning fast recap. Uh, Easter eggs and what's to come hypothesized tidbits that we'll see coming in this series. Move over Siskel and Ebert. You ain't got shit oh, on this mofo. Damn it. Damn it, Johnny. Now you got him. Now see, now you got one comment. Like, uh, see, I'm I'm the I'm the dope that gets <laughs> one positive comment. E even if Johnny's just fucking yanking my chain because he knows that now I'm gonna be self conscious about what I do tomorrow. But yeah, it's it's one comment like this. I'm like, all right, well, I can't let this one man down. So I'm gonna take it on the fucking chin tomorrow and and chew through these three episodes to let you know what you need to know about Andor. 
Maybe. Maybe. All right. But thank you, Johnny. We love you. We speak your name. Uh, next up, MM underscore studios. The zero or the O is a zero. He says the clones coming back in Andor. I'm so hyped to see them. Does that count as a, yeah, does like that, that count too. as fan service? <laughs> does that count as fan? Well, service? We, we know that we know they're going to be in there because they pop up in the trailer and they're more than likely going to be a flashback of potentially Cassian's or whatever his real name's dad getting taken out. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and they may actually be practical clones like they've been using in Kenobi and not the old CG style from the prequel era. So that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but they better not be on screen for too long. I don't think that they're going to be on too long. I think that Tony, cause that is Tony was like, if I, if you absolutely force me to push these people in, then I will. But, uh, other than that, I don't care about clones. I don't want them. I hate them. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see how much they're involved. And, and we'll see if they, if we get an involvement of like them taking off their helmet, like, will you see Tim? I doubt it. Yeah. Did Tim, did Tim, no, I there's no it. fucking way he gave Tim. There's no way Tony gave Tim a little paycheck. No, no, way. no way. Not like Deb did. There's no way. <laughs> All right. And then the last one here, side fig underscore gig, uh, side fig gig two says excited for the apparent series rule of zero fan service. So there we go. So, Side fig gig must be a loyal yeah. listener of the Star Wars Time Show because I think out of any outlet, we have tried to make it crystal clear that this show is not for you. Yeah. <laughs> this show is not for Star Wars. Hey, fans. we're not trying to say that. It, Tony's saying that. Yeah. <laughs> we're just saying fuck what fan said. service, fuck cameos. Give us Tony Gilroy Star Wars all day, every day, injected into my eyes. I can't wait. Oh, man. All right, there we go. So that is the question of the week. Thank you to those that made the grade. Uh, more than likely, those of you that aren't super fans probably didn't even know your comment made the show because you don't listen. So shame on you. <laughs> shame. All right, so now on to our final little bit within the fan segment. I got my hat on backwards, which means I'm feeling good or I'm feeling bad. Um, but the last segment is and always will be the top five star wars fan artist features of the week so um this week's a little different nick uh you know we talk about monday nights he sits down he goes through all the features that i've shared throughout the week from those of you that add tag star wars time show to your posts and use hashtag star wars time show in your posts but this week he had one too many (laughs) hot toddies and fell fell asleep asleep. so i got to pick the I got to pick the top five. So I did, did double duty this past week. We're talking 912 to 919. I featured them and then I anointed them. Right. So here we go. Full king. Up first to kind of, you know, I know she's not going to be in it, but to kind of honor Andor and some of its cast and the rebellion, I included a great shot from Manny underscore Johnson 69 of Jen Urso and her sexy self casually walking away from blowing up two death troopers. It's a, um, I, I really like the explosion effects here. The, the, I think that's practical fire, practical explosion. The, I like how that orange lighting kind of contrasts with that greenish aquish lighting coming in through the window. Jen's pose is great. Like I said, she's walking away. It, it's, what do they call that, Nick? It's like the you know they do it it's in every cool big movie guy. where the it's, hero walks. 
Yeah, it's never like, you know, where, where the hero's walking away. Exactly. Never look at your own explosion, <laughs> that type of thing. And that's exact. Jin buys into that mantra so much, she's staring down at the fucking ground walking away as she murders a few people. Uh, so it's a great posing here, great atmosphere, and a cool setup from at Manny definitely, Johnson. Definitely, definitely fun. This next one is okay. insane. <laughs> this next one is Yeah, this next one's badass. This is coming from our boy Jason B. Michael. It's a good crossover shot featuring the Iron Giant, which uh, in Jason's initial, uh, what the fuck, caption, sometimes yeah, the brain so, yeah, just quits. Sorry, working. friends. In, in his caption, he described this uh, this image as IG-99. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Love so it. Iron Giant 99 or or playing on the IG line that we already know exists in the Star Wars franchise. So you got the Iron Giant just and he looks massive. He's he's like grabbing TIE fighters and TIE bombers out of the sky. You got little at ats at his feet that hardly even come up to like his shins. And then you got a, you know, a little Millennium Falcon coming through. It really does, Nick. It looks like. The Iron Giant isn't necessarily doing this to win a battle. It's more like he's just out enjoying himself at the expense of the Empire's uh, fleet. Yeah. I mean, it's. I feel like if they had these guys, if if they had access to something like this, the, the war would have ended very quickly. <laughs> like, the war would yeah, have been be fucking yeah, over. <laughs> I would... Like, I also love how you see the, the, the Falcon kind of zipping by there. I think it was cool trails that they did. But I wonder, too, because, like, the yeah. Iron Giant is huge. Do you think that, like, the scale is actually close, or do you think that he's actually closer to the size of an AT-AT? <laughs> Let me look it up. Yeah, I, I, I was actually going to bring that up. I was like, I... Yeah, I mean, based on how, how Jason used scale in this image... The, uh, the the Rebel Alliance would need maybe two Iron Giants yeah, and they would win. Yeah, just fucking wipe out the whole thing. <laughs> this guy could literally go to the Battle of Hoth, get dropped down right in front of the Adats, and then just punt yeah, them just, all like, out of the way. Like, literally just like, dink, dank, dunk. You know, like you would kick a soccer ball. No. <laughs> and, and to him, TIE Fighters are, are, are palm-sized, yeah, like essentially. Grabbing them and throwing them out the air. Yeah. Um, so I looked it up. So the iron giant is 50 feet tall. Um, and Adats are 73 feet tall. So technically, okay. They well, would, hey, we, we give Jason we give a, little a little creative license. Oh, you, yeah. could, you could also argue that the at ats are actually in far the in the distance. Yeah, that, that, the that's distance. why they, they, they still look small. So, but even though, but even man. at 50 feet at 50 feet, I don't know if he'd be that much bigger than, than the uh, bomber in tie, but either way, who gives a yeah, shit? It's, it's an a artistic cool uh, vision. Shot. I love it. It's it's the Iron Giant in Star Wars, and it just it just all works together. I also think so that even at fifty that, feet, he would be able to beat the shit out of an Ada, just maneuverability wise. Oh yeah, I, I mean he would. You know he he'd probably still have. He's got the reach. Yeah. It's not like they can throw punches, so he could dodge a few of the laser bolts and come in and be like, cuck, 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 like like right right left left right right left left. Just work over that long neck a little bit, and yeah, they'd be fine. Uh, but yeah, great stuff here. Uh, not surprising at all coming from the likes of at Jason B. Michael on Instagram. Give him a follow. Yeah. Uh, I feel like my, my camera has frozen oh, at no. some point in time. I wonder if we're even broadcasting. Let me check here. <laughs> Everything looks good. It just, just seems to be the my, cam. The cam my, died up. My camera shit the bed for a second. So <laughs> hopefully everything's going on 
Who cares? Let me let me unplug it real quick. See if that does the anything. The old unplug plug back in always works. Um, yes. There we go. I'm I'm back. But knowing that, that probably just blew up the entire stream. But anyways, moving on. Let's go to uh, Savvy Art. Our next. Yes. One of our Savvy, favorites. by the way, is producing a a ton of art this month because she did kind of a prompt, a daily prompt for the community. So if you do like making art but struggle for ideas or prompts, go check out at Savvy Art in her September calendar. You can see, I think it's every day she has a different subject that challenges you all to create something. Yeah. And Nick, I'll let you kind of explain this one from Savvy because I, I fucking love I it. I love it too. This is, so what we see sitting uh, in this, sh uh, not shot, piece of art, artwork that, that Savvy's created is Ahsoka sitting down behind a wall this almost looks like this could be like the path, right? Like she could be. That's it. That's exactly what it is. Like that's like that's what Savannah or, or Savvy had in her, in her caption where she's like, you know, what if at some point in time Ahsoka had to get mixed up with the yeah. path and kind of stay in that room that we saw uh, Ben go in where all the other Jedi were kept. I mean, it's a. And I know she wouldn't have been a Jedi at this point, but she still was a Force user yeah. and, and probably would have needed some help here or there in between her becoming Fulcrum and kicking I mean, the shit out of the Empire. Especially her status too, because it's not like there were a lot of Padawans who were just like, nobody knew who they were. They were not really, you know, like they were just trainees, but like her, she was probably the most famous Padawan in the fucking galaxy because of her exploits with Kenobi and with Anakin Skywalker. I mean, like she was, if we're talking about fame, she she defeated Darth yeah. Maul. I mean, she essentially saved Mandalore from the this from his rule. Yeah, I mean, like in turn, if you uh, if you want to give like popularity ranks to the Jedi Order, like Ahsoka's pretty fucking far up there. You know, like she's probably in a yeah. popularity ranking with a lot of the masters. Um, so. she would have been in 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 that. You know how when. Uh, we invaded Iraq because why not? Yeah. <laughs> Even though Saudi Arabia blew up our buildings, we, we decided to blow up Iraq too. But to find all of Saddam's like henchmen, they passed around deck the cards. deck of cards. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So Ahsoka would definitely be like one of the, one of the aces or queens or kings in that deck for the Inquisitorious and the Purge Troopers to eliminate. There's no doubt the Empire would have wanted this person gone yeah and luckily they, they they missed her and also clearly her connection to anakin skywalker aka darth one Vader. thing i do want to say about this about this piece too is that savvy did a fucking incredible job recreating the the images the on the on the wall oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, yeah. and the light yeah. like the lighting as well like the lighting is is impressive beyond belief especially for something that's done primarily in vector art and digital painting. I mean, that's incredible, but like all of the work on the background, like taking the time to like write out all of the, you know, the words and stuff like that, the characters that you see in our Besh and then recreating the, the, the Jedi logo and everything else. I mean, like just incredible attention to detail. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And it is, it's amazing to think about what real ass painters have to consider when they create something it's not like in photography where you unless you're shooting outdoors and even then you still have some control over your light source uh, shadows so on and so forth when, when you're doing real ass paint you have to create the light source and then you have to create the effects of the light source like if you look at savvy's work right here nick you can see the shadow yeah 
she then created because of the light shining where it's shining on Ahsoka's poor little almost you know fetal position that she has her in. So um, you know I, I always that always comes up in, in Ink Master when they're creating stuff like well, where's your light source because that's going to affect the colors, your lines, so on and so forth. So again, you real ass painters truly are wizards. Don't let this AI movement get you down. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's like a new AI movement in the art space where they're just letting AI create art. And sometimes it's pretty fucking fantastic. And I guess it's bumming some Some traditional artists out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that it'll ever get to that level, like to Savvy's level, but it's definitely getting close. Some of those things are pretty insane. Yeah, so at Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y-Y-A-R-T on Instagram. She's a sweetheart, kick-ass artist, and huge Star Wars fan. Check her out. Okay, up next, we've talked about uh, Guiam GH4 before. However the hell you say that. Remember, we're stupid Americans. (laughs) Uh, G-U-I-L-L-A-U-M-E dot G-H-4 before. Definitely has been a part of the top five, but this this most recent top five winner is a shot, a very cinematic look, a side shot of Anakin and the 501 doing their dirty deed in the Jedi Temple. And by that, I mean murdering innocent Jedis and children. And Nick, I, I don't know, I just... Guiami has got this gritty style that I just, my eye appreciates. I like how Anakin's lightsaber is more or less the main light source in this shot. And uh, just really the dark tone to it in general. I I just, it's a great Order 66 storming of the temple. Mm -hmm. I love how he uses the light source to like illuminate little particles in the air. Cause I always enjoy that. Like, especially in like video games with like ray tracing now where you have like light sources coming in and you see like this dust kind of floating through the the light source. I love how he did that around Anakin's lightsaber. The, the, the posing obviously is, is, is top notch and it just does it. Like it gives you this sense of foreboding because you know, essentially like this is him getting ready to kill a shitload of kids. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean it just, I know it's just a figure and the sculpt's a sculpt, but for some reason you, you can feel the anger and pain in Lord Vader's face here. Anakin, if you will. I, I mean, he just, he looks pissed, but you can also feel like he knows he's doing the wrong thing. Yeah. I, I mean, Anakin always knew he was doing the wrong thing. He was just too big of a pussy to not do it. And and I think this shot captures that. It just that that rawness to his state of mind when he stormed the temple. Uh, so at G U I L L A U M E dot G H four on Instagram, you won't be disappointed. Uh, this next one here, Nick. This kind of plays into our appreciation for uh, Star Wars humor and Star Wars mm-hmm. in real life. We got this cool shot from at Mimo M E M O underscore Rodcam on Instagram. And it's essentially if Star Wars and Ted Lasso had a crossover. <laughs> okay. So we got 
it, it, we've got uh, the good guys versus the bad guys. They're in a, a soccer stadium. George Lucas is the ref. Yep. Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi are the managers. <laughs> Obi's got himself a nice little a tie, tie suit and tie yep. on. Uh, and then the we'll just say they're the captains of the good guys. You got Luke and Han. They got their fucking kits on, right? They got these little yellow those, sweaters with the dude, Nike those symbol. Those almost look like <laughs> hand knit sweaters. Like that is insane. That's what I mean. Man. That's that's even the tie. Like the tie is made out yeah, of the same, same material. material. And Georgia shirt. So like Mimo, you know, he went went the extra steps. And then on the Empire side, you have two two troopers. That have uh, their their armor kind of decked out in these red vertical lines as their uniform, and you know they got the soccer ball there, and it looks like there's a little bit of a uh, th- there could be a disagreement maybe over the coin toss or or how to start the game because George, like I said, as the ref is stepping in with his arm in between hey, hey, hey. Vader and Kenobi, yeah. like all right guys, back it up, wait for the whistle <laughs> type of shit. I also like how the stormtroopers. Like one of them has clearly been blasted. Like he's got fucking a giant oh, yeah, scorch yeah, mark on his chest. He's got one across his head. Like this dude's seen some fucking battle. <laughs> um, no, man, it's a fun, it's a fun uh, shot here. And I don't know if anybody else has been watching it, but there's a show on, there's like a docu-series on, Hol- on not Hollow, Hulu now about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney uh their their new soccer team that they bought like a couple years ago it's called welcome to Wrexham and it's is it good it's so good dude like it's like you get to see the inner workings of like a you know an admittedly lower level league uh soccer team in the UK but then you also get like the comedy angle from Ryan and from from Rob um, and it's just like, it's been a really cool it's show. Real though, it's, right? it's like, real though, right? It's real. It's 100% real. It's a real team, but they're, the, they're there kind of doing their comedy thing. Why? It's almost like a reality show. But it's a reality show comedic? based around the rebuilding of this very real okay. soccer franchise that they bought. Like that, like Rob McElhaney reached out to Ryan Reynolds on Twitter. They had never met before, but they were like Twitter friends. And obviously they knew of each other because it's Hollywood. Like Rob McElhaney reached out to Ryan Reynolds and was like, Hey man, I want to buy this soccer club. And they did it. They, they spent 2 million pounds to buy the club. And like the show is literally about them trying to rebuild this organization. And, and what's it through? Is it YouTube? Hulu? Hulu. Yeah, it's Hulu. So if you have Hulu, or if Got you have it. the Disney Plus bundle, then you I, have I do for now, but I, I need to cancel because for some reason, I like paying $11 a month to Spotify when I get Apple Music for free. It's the <laughs> same fucking thing. Like, I don't need Joe Rogan. I don't need the podcast. I can still listen to Spotify for fucking free anyways. So one of the reasons I, I think subconsciously I've not canceled my Spotify's because I get Hulu through it. There's but some I good stuff think on outside there, of, there's some good stuff. Yeah. I mean, one offs be- besides this and that pre- prey movie, Watch. I think a lot of the shit on Hulu you can get, on some of the other streamers. Maybe, yeah. Like, definitely watch what they do in the shadows or what we do in the shadows. That's just such a fucking funny show. It's so good. That's Taika, it, Yeah, right? if you like Taika, Taika. you're going to like that. Um, I mean, now the Orville is on Disney+, Plus, so you don't need Hulu to watch it. Correct, but you are right. The Orville is quality. Was, was I, I previously the only on there. 
And then, yeah, like there's some new Hulu originals coming out. Like they're, they're actually like ramping up their docuseries stuff. Cause I think that that's more popular for them, but like, uh, yeah, there, there's, a, there's some solid lineup of, of Hulu stuff out there. Um, but yeah, I mean this, this shot reminds me of that show just cause of the soccer feet like theme and stuff like that. But it's always fun to see people taking star Wars and then like just inserting it into non star Wars yeah. types of stuff. Love it. It's it's one of my favorite art forms yeah. for Star Wars yeah, art. It's, no it's not Star Wars. Star right. Wars art and not Star Wars stuff. So <laughs> there exactly. we go. It's very very to- very Tony Gilroy ish. Yeah, we love the man. Right. And and you know this this brings us to the end of the episode. So we can only hope that everything Tony has been telling us and we've been vomiting back up to you is true. We love him. We love his arrogance, but I, I, I do think he is going to to wow by the end of, of season one. I just do. I, I don't know. I have a feeling that this is going to be uh, one of those shows that, that kind of goes beyond just the fanboys and girls, which is, which is yeah, good no, for Star that, Wars. That you know, that, they're, they're, we are, and I suffer from this, and I think it's one of the reasons I, I do all this stupid content creation when no one watches. Like, I, I, I sometimes forget that we are kind of in a minority. Uh, most humans aren't as gaga about Star Wars as, as myself or, or, or Nick at a point in time or, or people that, you know, our, our diehard fans listen to. So sometimes I forget that, you know, it is just Star Wars. It, it, it's not like this this massive thing, you know, the, the, the queen passing away or something like that. I mean, it, it, very, very few people uh, give many shits about star Wars. So. I think it was different, but we it was do. different back before Marvel exploded. Cause I think that before Marvel exploded, star Wars was like the fandom property. Like it was the one the thing yeah, right? that was the big yeah. thing. Yeah. That's a good point. But Marvel has kind of, become an even bigger monster really i mean not as long tenure wise yeah. at least when we're talking about marvel films but in terms of of the of the amount of marvel films now it's it's ridiculous in properties oh, yeah. but hey like i said we love it we're at the end of the show next week i'll, I'll hand those duties back over to nick so he can end the yes. show but i figure <laughs> hey why not I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and run with it here but hey we always appreciate you thank you props thank you black series clips Mentos, DeFrancis, Devin, Bat, Sir Dork. Who else joined us today in the live stream? One Six Shooter, Darth LVJ, Big Klondike Joe, Hey Now, Rory Smith. Everyone, thank you for joining the live stream. And if you do want to get involved with the live stream, my advice for you is to just check us out over at StarWarsTime.net. That's right, my friends. That is the home of the show on the internet. It's typically where we load up our content to be discussed on the Star Wars Time show each week, which will get live every Tuesday, 2.30p east on YouTube. So make sure to hit up youtube.com slash Show, or like I said, StarWarsTime.net. We've got a little YouTube logo at the top. we got an even bigger one down here in the body that will automatically subscribe you, okay? If you have not subbed on YouTube yet and you are listening or watching the live stream, what are you waiting for? You can do it. We're not going to send spam to you. Hell, you don't even really get notifications anymore unless you're using the YouTube app on mobile. So click the sub, click the little bell, turn on those notifications, like what you're listening to, 
and pass it along. Okay? That's all we can ask out of you. We see you. We love that we make you happy with our daily features and our top fives. But the way you can make us the most happy is by reciprocating a little bit of that love through promoting the show on your personal socials, talking to a stranger in a dark alley. You never know. You never know where you'll find the next fan of the Star Wars Time Show. And all you have to tell them when you do find them, and hopefully don't use chloroform on them, is that there's always time for Star Wars Time. It's not that hard. There is always time for Star Wars Time. And starting next week, we're going to have months of Star Wars content to deep dive through. We'll educate you. We will learn you and make you better fans of the wars. Okay? So in between now and then, don't forget, if you listen to our lovely, humble, tiny little show, that the Force will be with you. Always. Always.